Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me this week to discuss that classic from the Artie Donna podcast, it's Broden Kelly. Broden Kelly. Sorry, that's the first thing that came out of my head. <laughs> Let's come up with a cool nickname for you. What will it be? <laughs> that's real. That is real. <laughs> you went Broden Kelly and all I had in, in me... Was Broden Kelly. <laughs> That's the best call and response I've ever had on the show. <laughs> Broden Kelly. <laughs> and Broden Kelly is joined by, from the Do Go On podcast, Jess Perkins. Broden Kelly. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. It's yeah. exciting. If at any time throughout the show you don't know what to say, we now know yeah. what to say. Broden Kelly. Jess Perkins. Broden Kelly. <laughs> One time when I was a teenager, my friend and I were walking home from the supermarket after getting some snacks because we were going to have a movie night. And this guy walked past us. A couple of cool dudes. A couple of, well, we were like 15. <laughs> and, and this guy walked past us. He must have been like early 20s. And he, he walked past and he went, ladies, which is <laughs> creepy. But the first thing that came out of my mouth was, ladies. <laughs> Uh, that's a lady to you. I just yelled it back at him. <laughs> ladies. Ladies! <laughs> Nailed it. So I have the, the brain of a 15-year-old. Yeah. I'm married to that guy now. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. It's beautiful. I was once at a BP service station with uh, a couple of friends, one guy and two girls, and we were there. And I just, I will never get this. There's just a group of guys hanging out there, and one of them yelled out, Oi, ladies, why don't you come and hang out with some real men? <laughs> they were probably like a year older than us, 15 or something. <laughs> I, I laughed in his face. I've got like three <laughs> chest hairs. Yeah, risking getting really beaten up savagely there, but it just really made me laugh. That is very man. good. Do you really think you're a real man? Hey, ladies. Yeah. Gross. I feel like you have to end up fighting him in a karate tournament yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I've got to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you in tennis on Saturday morning. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but this isn't a sports podcast. <laughs> it could a- be. I think it could have some sport. It deserves to be. We'll no, get let- some, we'll get some in there. You're slamming down that liquid Broden like you are in. It's a very hot day today. It's uh we recorded this in 1994 January <laughs> 7. Um so if you release this later that's on you but um it's <laughs> yeah. one from the archives. Yeah, yeah, but it was a very hot day mm. when we recorded this and I am very dehydrated. I'm 4 years old. <laughs> You're not even 4 yet. Yeah, I'm three and a half. <laughs> Not well, a four-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old doesn't know how to count. Yeah, I don't know. That was well played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> We're here to talk about books. Before we get into that, I always ask the guests if they've been reading anything lately or if they've ever been a big reader in their life because I used to be when I was growing up 
haven't been a big reader over the last few years and doing this show was sort of an excuse to make me read more. Mm. Jess, I've had you on the show before, but I know you've been telling me you've been reading a bit of Kurt Vonnegut lately. Yes, I just finished very, Cat's Cradle. Very nice. Is that cool? Like, yeah, is that a cool, cool thing to read? I just wanted to bring that up to make you look cool. Thank you so much, because I need that help. <laughs> I heard you bought some cowboy boots recently, is that correct? Yeah, and some arseless chaps. <laughs> yeah, you're real cool. I'm very cool. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> I have a totem tennis pole in my backyard. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I just finished Cat's Cradle, and uh, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was okay. That's great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Right, we'll take that off the maybe list for the show then. <laughs> I, you might off. enjoy it more than I did, but it was fine. And I'm, I finished it and now I never have to read it again. So that's good. I appreciate you saying that because a lot of people put a lot of time into reading books. It's the same as seeing an expensive musical. When I was 18, me and my girlfriend, I took $200, which someone had given me for Christmas. We went and saw Priscilla. Queen of the Desert at the Regent Theatre. Went in there, spent so much money on tickets. Mm. It was bad. Oh, no. It was so bad. And I walked out and I said, that was incredible because <laughs> I just spent $200 yeah. as an 18-year-old. And people spend so much time reading books that they have to, when they finish it, go, I loved that. You don't have to love it. Mm. I thought it was fine. It was, it was a slow start and then the end of it's quite interesting. But it was a, it was, I wasn't. Really enjoying it. I wasn't looking forward to like, oh, bedtime time. I get to read. <laughs> sure, sure, which sure. is good. I think, yeah. Just, just uh, fight through. I think is the right attitude to have. Just keep going. Soldier Even on when you hate it. Yeah, if you hate it, just do it faster. <laughs> that so goes it's for someone. If you're in a relationship that you hate, keep going. <laughs> keep going. If you're doing, you can't a job, do any better. Yeah. If right. you're doing a job you don't like, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You spent so much on the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> to do it. If you're in Priscilla. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Broden? Are you reading anything? I have been a big reader. I'm springing on this on you. No, Usually no, no. I asked my guest beforehand. I forgot to ask. Last year, my comedy group, Auntie Donna, performed at Splendor in the Grass. And because of a few connections, I got asked to participate in the live book club, Marie Hardy's book club, like the ABC show. Fun. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be in that. Fantastic. And there was really high profile intellectuals there doing it with me. So there was Marie, who's Marie Hardy's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Comes from great literary pedigree. Yep. Uh, Sarah Ferguson, the host of Four Corners and uh, partner of Tony Jones, just a, a, a Walkley Award winner, I think. Mm. Incredible writer as well. And then some really, really high profile, wonderful. Alex Leahy, great musician. And it wasn't until I was on the stage and Marie <laughs> asked me, do you have a history with books and loving books that I realised I, I don't? Yeah. <laughs> and I, have, I was like, and just pres- every question they asked me, I had one or two word answers. <laughs> what book did you love as a kid? I was like, oh, sp- oh spot. <laughs> and then they'd move on to someone who- The day a, my yeah. bum went psycho, yeah. <laughs> yeah. loved it. Uh, and then they're like, hey, and what books are we reading at the moment? And I was like, oh, nothing, lol. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Bye. What else you got? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I'm not reading anything at the moment. I had a, a few years ago when I read five or six books in a row and I felt happy in myself. I was mm. so, And I've stopped and I'm so mad at myself. But I love biographies and I haven't been reading for a while. Yeah, I like biographies too. 20 listeners or you two who are listeners in a way to me talking now <laughs> um, if you have good biographies that you think I should read 
I would love your suggestions. Mm. Mm. I really liked, I recently read Magda Skabansky's book. Yeah, I want to read that one. It's very good. She's a very good writer. You know how when people who aren't writers write books? Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're not a writer, but your life is interesting, but yeah. this isn't that well written. She's written it really well. I oh, that's it. good to hear. Mm. Okay. Not a big autobiography guy. <laughs> that's good. That's uh, well, we Look at are, us being different. You are yeah. my antithesis. Yeah, that's right. I'm on the autobiography podcast and I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've come to the right book club here, Broden, because you don't have to have read the book or read any books for this show yes. uh, because I've read it for you. And this week we are talking all about one of Jane Austen's classic novels, Persuasion. Why did you choose Persuasion, I'm Dave? holding up here. Why did I choose Persuasion? Yes. Well, there are... She wrote six novels in her lifetime. Is that all? And I don't mean that like, is that all? Because like, I've written 10. But I just mean like, <laughs> she's very famous. Yes, but they're all very popular. Yeah. Persuasion cool. is the last one that she wrote. And it was published just after she died. Oh, she died. I'm afraid she died. Many people will say that this is her most mature work because it's a sixth book. You know, she, she got the hang of it, so to speak. Right. And she was mature. She was but old. It's probably not as famous as other books. Like Pride and Prejudice. Sense and Sensibility. Mm. I had to read that school fan. Very difficult to read. Mm. Very, very uh, dense language. Did yeah. You get, did you get through it? No. I said I did. <laughs> I would have listened to this podcast. Yeah, I tell fantastic. you that much. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll do Sense and Sensibility at some stage. <laughs> Which was her first book uh, published in 1811, Sense and Sensibility. I used to give a bit of a background here. And she died in 1817. So she wrote all six books in the last six years of her Sorry, life. Sorry. That's all very interesting, but what year was it written? 1811. Okay. What is the what is 8 plus 1? 9. Eight, and what? And oh, no. oh no. Hang on. Hang on a second. What's the last two numbers in that year again? 1 1 9 11. They've got us again. They've got us again. <laughs> and everywhere you look. That was eagle-eyed, Broden. Yeah. That was I'm amazing. Just saying. I mean, I, d- I read this entire book and I didn't even notice that. And I don't want to – I want to be really clear. I think Jane Austen did 9-11. I just want to make that very clear. You're saying that. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> was this the same theory she bought to Marie Cartney's book club? Yes. <laughs> They're very mad yeah, at yeah, me. <laughs> very mad. I think John Grisham did 9-11. <laughs> Oh, okay, thanks for that, Brian. Sarah Ferguson, Flat Stanley was involved. <laughs> he may not have been in the room, but he knows who was there. <laughs> so she wrote all. She wrote what? All of them in the last six books in the last six years of her life, and then died Damn. at the age of forty. Really? There you go. But was that like a good innings for back then? Forty? Do you reckon? Eighteen hundred, early eighteen hundred. Not 1800s? too bad. Yeah. No, I mean she could have kept going. Sure. Let's I mean we could I mean, all keep going. Do you, do you know what got her? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, I looked it up. The name of the disease that got her. It was a disease. Yeah, so she had she had a disease, and now some people think that that disease was brought on possibly by Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh. So is that uh, that's a form of cancer? Yes, but oh, Addison's disease is the name of the disease that Addison's. affected her. Okay, which affects the adrenal glands. Now we're getting detailed. There you go. Yeah, I remember right. stuff. I retain knowledge. Yeah, cancer. Hmm. There you go. So, for, yeah, 40 years old. Uh, her books, when they were published, were just, uh, described as being written, quote, by a lady. 
back then you as in that was like the that's what the advertising yeah, material. Yeah, you couldn't for some reason she couldn't put it, couldn't in that time put her name to it. So it just said a lady. Yeah. So Sense and Sensibility by a lady. Really? Mm. Wow. And because I wonder if that would have encouraged or deterred people from buying it. Mm. I'm going to say deterred. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sold a little bit during her lifetime, but it was only you know as often is the way decades later that people noticed. Hang on. This lady's a genius. <laughs> but she's a lady. I can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Persuasion, her final book, she hadn't titled it yet, so her brother Henry titled it Persuasion. Now, uh, I'm just going to jump straight into it here. It starts with chapter one. Ooh. Two parts to this book. Is the second part chapter two? No, it's part two. So it's chapter one. Part one. Got it. That's where All right. we're starting. Section A. <laughs> Section A. <laughs> Begin. Subsection <laughs> One. I. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know anything about Persuasion? You haven't seen this? Can I guess what the book is about? Please. It's about a well-to-do man. Is there a well-to-do man? Yes. Several. Is there a lady of great um, sensibility? Yes. Yep, I know this book. (laughs) Okay, you said two things so far. No, that's that's it. Yeah, that's about right. And is it about marriage? Is there marriage involved? A lot. Farms? Well, estates. Are you going to say the word bucolic? I won't, but I'll try and slip it in now. Right. I only heard that word for the first time the other day, like on Saturday. That's so weird that you just said that. Were you in? A, were you on a farm? No, but somebody was describing, is is explaining the word bucolic. Hmm. And for our listeners and myself who have no idea what bucolic is. It's like, a, yeah, like a, 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 a beautiful country scenery. Yeah. Thank you. So um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Heathcliff running across the beautiful bucolic Land. area. Yeah. <laughs> I am offended that Jane Austen didn't include that word in Okay. So well, that's a no to your question. Okay. It's not All right. No, I should just let you. This is This is your book. Your time to shine. Yeah, I'm claiming I wrote this book. <laughs> yeah. I wrote this summary. <laughs> I read this damn thing. Go uh, get them. Chapter one. So the novel opens at Kalinch Hall. Kalinch. Kalinch. It's spelled Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y-N-C-H. Broden Kelly. Inch. <laughs> Broden Kelly and Troll. <laughs> uh, in the year 1813. Wait a minute. So ahead of time. 1813? No, 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 it was published it was in 1817. Right. Beh- back in time. Yeah. Do you mean- <laughs> I was to say behind in time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, carry on. <laughs> uh, Kalinch Hall, 1813, which is a large estate, mm-hmm. very bucolic yeah, in nature. Yeah, that was quick. Thank you so much. Uh, it's overseen by Sir Walter Elliot. Mm, Walter. We're told that he never reads any book other than The Baronetage, which is a record of all the wealthy and important families in England. Oh, what a weird book. <laughs> of course he's in there. Of course. So he's just reading his own page? Yep, and Jane Austen gives us his entry, which tells us that his wife, Elizabeth, died 14 years earlier, but not before giving birth to three daughters, Elizabeth, middle mm-hmm. child Anne, and youngest daughter, Mary. So there's a, is this a magazine or a book that just details? It's a book, so it will say stuff like. Uh, How many times do I have to update that book? Yeah. Well, <laughs> sounds like is it the BRW like top fifty most yeah. influential people? Yeah, of the but year. it doesn't get updated that often. He's actually there's a note that he writes in extra little details next to his own. Oh, page what a sad in man! In case he forgets, I guess he there writes like. So Mary has since gotten married, so he writes in who Mary married into his own. Yeah, book. Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. 
Keep a record of that. Or just remember your son-in-law's name, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that guy again? Well, Sir Walter uh, is described this way. Quote, vanity was the beginning and the end of Sir Walter Elliot's character. End quote. Which is very apparent early on and throughout the book. To a comical degree, he obsesses over beauty and appearance and social status. He's constantly, he's obsessed with his looks. Walter Elliot. Is this who we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Sir Walter. Yeah. Wally. Wally. He's very obsessed with appearance. He's absolutely obsessed. Which is why his oldest daughter, the 29-year-old Elizabeth, is his favourite. Because she's the hot one. Ew, yeah, Dad. Right. <laughs> Gross. Uh, <laughs> uh, she is the most attractive and very vain like her father. However, she remains unmarried. Seven years earlier, they thought she would marry her cousin, William Elliot. Oh, dear. Who was the heir to the Kalincha state and fortune. Because he's a man, he'll get everything because yep. Sir yep. Walter hasn't had a son. Right. Yep. So okay. the girls won't inherit their father's wealth. They've three, got to marry rich themselves. Three disappointing daughters. Yes, what so is so. the cutoff year when marrying your cousin stopped being okay? What is yeah, the Yeah, when did that? We're talking Are you asking because you got a hot cousin? Because I'd like to know as well. I don't want to put any boundaries up, Jess Perkins. <laughs> but Ned Kelly, uh, is not a very commonly known fact, was in a, his long-term partner was his cousin. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It was very common. When Back then. Smaller communities. Yeah. Didn't have as many to choose from. Yeah. So pick a hot cousin. Yeah. We've all got a hot cousin, Dave. Do we? Yeah. yeah no, I think I, I am the hot cousin. I was going to say, if you don't know, you're <laughs> yeah. the hot cousin. I think I am. With as, with as much respect as I can give to my cousins, that's not true. No no hotties. <laughs> as With as much respect. Really? With all the respect Bunch in the world. Bunch of fuggos. Yes. All of my family ugly. are ugly people. But Inside and out. But you're gorgeous. Yeah. So you're the hot one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ah, got... sorry. Resolved. There it is. <laughs> We've got two hot ones here and Jess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm definitely not the hot one. Yeah. Yes, a, lot of them, the... a lot of them can sing too, like very talented musicians. Darn. On my dad's side. It's very upsetting. Do they do Christmas carols and stuff? They harmonize when they do happy birthday. Yeah. It's amazing. And I'm just like, hey, man, hey. all right. Do they go to you? Like that kind of thing where they just all go and they like sort of go off on their own little bit and everyone else is like, hang on. They just have a bit? solo. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Start singing Amazing Grace or something. <laughs> um, so basically Elizabeth was supposed to marry her cousin, but William Elliot, the cousin, rejected Elizabeth and instead decided to marry a rich woman of inferior birth. Oh. And Sir Walter... The big dog here has shunned him ever since. Inferior birth meaning lower status lower or status, a yeah. bad pregnancy. <laughs> Just a bad year. <laughs> Just a bad batch. Yeah. So she's, but she was wealthy. Wealthy. So he's but less wealthy. No. Well, he he, he could see a, a person that's wealthier than he is, but if they are self-made, he will not respect them. Right. Oh, so okay. you've got to come. You've got to be a BHP billeting kid. Yeah, that's right. You've got to be born into a family and wealth. You and can't he, attain. You can't become a billionaire. You can't be like, fall Yo. in love with someone who opened their own Michelle's patisserie, no. even though they're doing great. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've opened six stores. Yeah. It's amazing cake and slice of the day at Northgate Shopping Centre. Not <laughs> still not good enough, not good even enough. though you're making bank. No matter how big your Mercedes is, he doesn't care. I prefer someone who made their money. You know. But Not that's so just me. It's a different year now, you know. <laughs> 2019. The Fire Festival is full of these people. People yes. who were born into wealth yep. and just think it's good to spend 10 grand on a festival that doesn't exist. It's amazing. Yeah. But that's who we're talking about. Yeah. That's the kind of people. Absolutely. People, yeah. Rich inbred. Kids. Gross. Is that's there it. anything about inbred? 
Well, I mean, they're marrying a lot of cousins. Yeah, a lot of cousin, so a lot of cousin insinuated. Mm. Uh, the only daughter that is married is the youngest, Mary, who was a self-obsessed drama queen, always complaining. Classic she, Mary. She, she married Charles Musgrove. Musgrove. So now she's Mary Musgrove. Yeah, I don't mind it. He comes from a fairly respectable and wealthy family, but marrying this man, she had, quote, given all of the honour and received none. Okay. What does that mean? Well, because her family's more famous than his family. Okay, she's it's doing an him honor, a favour. honour for him to be marrying her, but yeah. really. It's nothing. a pity marriage. I don't care how rich you are. Sir okay. Walter's not really respecting this guy. Cool. So that's Mary, which leaves us with a middle child, poor old Anne Elliot. With an E? Anne with an E, mm. and Elliot with an E. Oh, okay. She's our main character and source of much shunning in the family. This is her first description, first thing we hear about Anne. Quote, Anne was nobody of either father or sister. Her word had no weight. Her convenience was always to give way. She was only Anne. Beta. Oh. Beta as. Yeah, brutal. Typical middle child. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And then Austin's brutal. given her two vowel name, uh, yeah. let, you know, names as opposed to Mary Musgrove and Elliot. 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 I almost said Edmonds. <laughs> you can call it that if you like. Anne, Anne Edmonds. Edmonds. Uh, Anne oh. had apparently been attractive in her late teens, but her, quote, bloom had vanished early. Oh. <laughs> the book obsesses over bloom in appearance, like your peak. Have you ever heard of your bloom? Not your bloom, they no. Are, they, honestly, it's every chapter there's a mention of bloom. Okay. Peaking of, you know, someone of peaking in year 12, definitely a thing. Mm. I, I reckon I peaked in year 12. That I'll, was a highlight yeah, for me. Yeah. You mean in looks or just your life? In both. Right. No, you're doing great, mate. You're looking fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're fine. It's Anne, fine. It's, it's okay. fine. You're fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Let me make you feel so much better. Anne is 27, younger than you are, and she is described as haggard. Oh, Anne. Haggard. I know, Anne. I feel so bad Is this pre-sunscreen, do you reckon? Yeah, there's no sunscreen. They're not screening. It's sunscreen. She's just looking a bit leathery. She's covered in melanomas. (laughs) Sorry, Anne. She loves the outdoors. But also, if you're going by Jane Austen, then she's she's only got a decade and a bit left. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. And what has she done? Nothing. And no one. (laughs) (laughs) Melanoma ridden. Uh, The only person who does give Anne the time of day is Lady Russell, who was a friend of Anne's mother before she died. Mm -hmm. Lady Russell is also widowed and now acts as an advisor to the Elliot family. She's a bit of a godmother in her respect. Yes, so this is what always stuffs me up. What is a what is lady? What is that title? So she was married to another, the equivalent of a Sir Walter, a baron of the area. A sir, okay. Yeah. Right. So her husband was a sir. So a knighted, he's, and, he's, and sir is always knighted, or is because a sir can also be a young person. It's so, very well, confusing to me. You can become a sir, but I believe back in these days, if you have a certain par- parcel of land, you are also the sir. Wow. Because okay. you are the baron of right Brunswick or whatever. Yep. Which is why. That's a good name, Baron of Brunswick. Yeah. It's nice. Good name for a band that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Or a pub that I love. (laughs) Did you see Baron of Brunswick's playing Splendor? I've got to get tickets, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to go watch that book club instead. That is is quality. That's good shit. But, uh, yeah, so, okay, so a lady is someone married to a sir. Yes. Okay, a baron. Mm, so that's Lady Russell, and she so she advises the family, and advice they certainly need. Oh, because our vain and pompous friend Sir Walter 
the big dog in front of the Baron. Mm. The head of the family is in serious debt. Oh, but he's so vain. Yeah, well, because while his wife lived, she kept the spending in check. But without her, Sir Walter has been spending too much money for many years now and it's all catching up with him. Yeah, bloody, I've got to check with the Minister of Finance. <laughs> the <laughs> Minister of Finance is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, I'm going to bloody, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh she's got a bloody wallet. <laughs> tell you what. This is a thing about rich people who are, who are bankrupt. I was watching Four Corners the other day and there was this guy who struck it rich with, you know, oil money and then he was bankrupt now and Lee Sales asked him, so so you're poor. He's like, yeah, i got no money. He's like, where are you living? He's like, oh, I'm living in, I've got a house. So, and what's the house worth? He's like, oh, it's $11 million. But, what? And he was, but I, it's just, it's my house, you know. <laughs> $11 million. <laughs> and he's and claiming he's bankrupt. I'm bankrupt. And he's on probably getting some sort of pension. Yeah. And he's claiming that sweet four Lee Sales 730 report oh, money. That's big money. Yeah. That's $11 great. $11 million. Mm. Sell it and buy a $5 million house. Yeah. Now you've got six in cash. And buy a couple of Michelle's patisseries. You're back on top. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sorry for anyone. Michelle's patisserie was a prominent <laughs> cake-based franchise in the yeah. mid-2000s. Does it still exist? There's a few, but it's not the thriving enterprise it was in but the mid-2000s. Yeah. yeah. They my were family, everywhere. My family ran, ran, owned and operated the Northland one. This is why I always go to it. Thought you had a connection to it, <laughs> but they no longer run it. No, no, no. They sold that oh. in the mid two thousands. I think it's Michelle's. But I used to live with uh, a girl who, when she was growing up next door, she lived in quite a wealthy area. I think it was the Michelle's Patisserie founder. No, oh. or was it Ferguson? Pl- yeah, no, I was yeah. going to say think Ferguson Plare or however, however you say <laughs> I that. I love Plare. My dad says Plare <laughs> every time. I just feel like going, ooh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Dad. <laughs> Apart from Ferguson Plare, <laughs> but she lived. I think it must be in the Ferguson Plare actually. But she lived next door to uh, the people that ran that. It was in the golden age of cake franchises. Yeah. They had a car park underneath their tennis court. Yeah, they were doing very well. You don't wealth. think that's not Mr. Michelle's patisserie? Yeah, I, Sir Walter, Lord Walter, yeah, right. Sir would have a car park under his tennis oh, court. Oh yeah, and he'd have like a cool slide into the pool. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sir Walter, he doesn't have any money, and a Google Chrome. <laughs> what? Chromecast. He's got a a Chromecast. He probably would. Is that uh, is that a symbol of wealth to you? Yeah, man. I've got one. Yeah, sick. How do you do, Lady Perkins? <laughs> I'm rich. That's how you get it. You become a lady in this day and age. You buy a Chrome You girls. go to JB. Yeah, yeah. 60 bucks. <laughs> You're rich. Uh, so they've got no money. Elizabeth, the oldest daughter, brainstormed some ideas on how they could save some money. They could stop some of their charity donations or not buy new furniture for the drawing room that year. Or quote, Let's sell is Anne. This, is this a Fraser episode? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, you say sell Anne. The final oh. theory is... Afterwards, she added, quote, the happy thought of their taking no present down to Anne as they usually, as had been their yearly usual custom, end quote. How much is that going to save? <laughs> Let's not give Anne a Christmas present. You've got no, no scented candle this year. <laughs> Anne's like, what? <laughs> no oven mitts this year, Anne. <laughs> so none of those measures would be enough, though, because all those things would save about $8.50 yeah. and they're about $8 million in debt. Whoa. So something drastic had to be done. And that is the opening chapter of Persuasion, introducing to us all there. Just to recap, so we're all on the same page. Sir Walter lives at Kalinch, is struggling financially. He has three daughters, the hot one Elizabeth, middle child. Anne. And ha- Anne Edmonds. Haggard Anne. Mm. And the uh, young complaint a lot, married yeah. Mary. Mary Musgrove. 
Musgrove. So that that's that's where we're at. Great. Thoughts. I don't have a lot of compassion for any of them yet. No, yeah, it sounds like an episode of Frasier to me so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. Well, this there are, I will say, uh, pay big respect to Jane Austen, there are moments of great comedy in this. Really? Yeah, which I was very impressed but by. But is that by your standard, Dave? Well, I'll get to a couple. So Will Broden and I find it yeah. funny. Because well, we're both I'm we're both comedians. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I didn't know that. I've not done any research on yeah. you. So uh, is there sketch comedy in this book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there observational comedy about yeah. my life? Because yeah. <laughs> if not, I don't think it's my my cup of tea. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, unless I can see it at Crab Lab on Wednesday night in Melbourne, I don't want to You don't want to have it. anything to do with it. Yeah, Ivana Ristigeta in it. He's good. <laughs> he is good. Is he in this book? Well, I actually haven't read it, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, chapter two. So the Elliots are in serious financial trouble and they get advice from two people when it comes to stuff like this. The aforementioned Lady Russell, mm-hmm. a trusted family friend, and a certain Mr. Shepherd. Mr. Shepherd! <laughs> Every time I thought of that as well. <laughs> Great, Mr. Sheffield reference. (laughs) Uh, So, Mr. Shepard, who is the family's lawyer and advisor. So, they're the two people that ask for trouble, uh, for advice. There are a few ideas on how to save money. Everyone's got an opinion. Lady Russell, quote, did what nobody else thought of doing. She consulted Anne. Oh. Who never seemed considered by the others as having any interest in the question. Right. So Lady Russell asked Anne what they should do about money. Yeah, what's your opinion, Anne? So the person, so the financial advisor <laughs> went to the middle kid. Yeah, but yeah. no one ever asks. Okay. And what I reckon, hang on, bro, I reckon Anne's got an idea. Yeah. Well, Anne came up with a plan that would see them save lots of money by having less servants and th- and stuff like that. And if they oh, st- firing people. Yeah. <laughs> and if they stuck by Bitcoin. that. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's invest all our money in this Bitcoin. <laughs> let's. Grow and sell weed. Yeah. <laughs> Online mi- <laughs> mining for data, guys. <laughs> well, she said if we cut back on these things, we'll be debt-free in seven years. But when they went to the boss, Sir Walter, with the plan, he would have none of it. He thought it would be too much of a disgrace to his position in society that he'd sooner quit Kalinch Hall than make the demeaning cuts. Sooner leave, you say? Well, that was an interesting segue into Plan B, where they leave Kalinch Hall for a year, rent it out, and move to a nice but cheaper home elsewhere. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Plan B. That that's makes, how they make the money. sense, I guess. So it took a lot of convincing, but Sir Walter agreed on the condition that they find an honourable person to rent it out. Honourable, aka good looking. Oh, I thought wealthy, but good looking and wealthy because got to be, be a hottie. Yes, he's good. very superficial, isn't he? Extremely. Hmm. It must be so hard to live like that. <laughs> so much tension. Yeah. You feel sorry for him. Yeah. Do well, you, you know, yeah. I feel for all. I'm very empathetic. You're an empath? Mm. Shut up. <laughs> 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 uh, it was decided that Sir Walter, Elizabeth and Anne would move to a house in Bath. Even though Anne didn't want to go there, who cares? It's only Anne. We've been there, haven't we? We have been to Bath. We've been Did you there. do a show in Bath? No, we just went there because they got the Roman baths and it was cool. It's out west in of London. Yes. Yeah, out yes. west from London, absolutely. Yeah. I think the Brontes might be from Bath. Ah. The Bronte sisters. My, my favourite story about Bath from my parents' trip there was that 
um, my dad uh, has a speeding fine from Bath that he's not going to pay, and he thinks it's funny. Look at this. I agree. <laughs> this is from the this is from the copper in Bath. <laughs> That's what I thought of when you said Bath. <laughs> not paying this. <laughs> he's got him. It's a very beautiful place. Oh, it's gorgeous. And I, I'm pretty offended that your dad was ruining it by speeding through it. Yeah. Yeah, we've no. got to, you see more quickly. Bath is also the place where our GPS, uh, basically, it saw a road and said, you can go down there, even if it's one way, no cars oh. accepted. It was like, yeah. So we're driving down. Do you remember this? We're driving through Bath looking for a car park, and then I'm like, oh, there's no other cars here. Oh, there's a lot of other people here. Oh, they're building a Christmas hut there. That's a bit strange on the road. We were driving down like the equivalent of their Burke Street Mall type wow. area. And everyone's looking at it. I'm like, oh, God. But the, the GPS is like, you are nailing this. Yeah, you're doing so this great. This is perfect. And you were driving. I was hiding in the back seat. Very scary. So I was not to be seen doing anything illegal. I think I've gotten Bath and the Bronte sisters wrong. Maybe it's cl- close by, perhaps. Do you mind if I call my dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's already ringing. <laughs> We don't have to use this. Nah. He's an absolute speed demon. Doesn't answer the phone that quick, though, does he? He's busy. It's dinner time. He's probably down Rosebud. <laughs> Speeding. Oh, you've called Wayne Kelly? No, no answer. <laughs> Wayne. Oh, he might call back. Maybe, uh, hopefully he calls back. But All I right. feel like I've embarrassed him. Le- no, let's not you. look it up. Let's get Wayne to answer it. Okay, great. <laughs> is Wayne a real fan of knowledge on the Bronte sisters? No, his, his wife, Leon, is. Really? And my mother. Are they the same person? The wife what, like, and mum. What, I thought like it might be like club. No, maybe like um, <laughs> like his wife is, and so is my mother. Like his wife is your stepmother or something. <laughs> no, no. <they're, laughs> he's coincidentally his wife is my mother. Wow, what are the chances? Yeah, wow. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a math guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're on their way. They're going to move to Bath. Right. Lady Russell also agrees to the plan, and she thinks it's good to get the the family away from Mrs. Clay. Oh, the widowed daughter of their lawyer, Mr. Shepherd. Sheffield, who Lady Russell thinks is sniffing around, possibly trying to marry Sir Walter Elliot. Ew. Mm. Well, when there's a lot of clay, the best place to go is a bath. Afterwards. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> that Don't is... apologise. <laughs> that's, that's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I imagine that was the same reaction on the ABC book club. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill you, bro. <laughs> Sarah Ferguson says she was going to kill me. <laughs> They're yeah. talking about a really serious... <laughs> Uh, something set during World War Two. <laughs> Is this a book? <laughs> oh, I could not find this on YouTube. Uh, so they go to Bath, but they need a tenant, and Mr Shepherd, the lawyer, suggests that they get a Navy man, many of whom have returned from fighting the Napoleonic Wars, which are on, uh, on hold at the moment. Sir Walter is not convinced for two reasons. One. He doesn't like how the Navy allows men of obscure birth to rise into undue distinction, what we talked about before. You can make your own money in the Navy, earn their fortune. And two, he doesn't like how all that salty air from the sea ruins their skin. Yuck. Oh, my God. He's amazing. (laughs) This is him on Sailors. Quote, I know it is the same with them all. They're all knocked about and exposed to every climate and Every weather till they're not fit to be seen. It is a pity that they are not all knocked on the head at once. End quote. Yeah. Okay. So he wants to kill them all he's because sociopath. Because they, they look like they have leathery skin, and he's not happy about that. <laughs> wow. When was that shift as well from pale is good to pale is bad? Because I was born at the wrong time. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> a, uh, a certain Admiral Croft is suggested as being interested in renting Kalinch. And after being assured that he is a good-looking man, <gasps> married but has no children that will damage his furniture, <gasps> Sir Walter agrees to rent his estate to this Admiral Croft. But what's wrong with him if they haven't got children? Is there something wrong with his swimmers? Because mm. that doesn't seem like something that old Wally would be keen yeah, on. You've got to be he perfect. Does, he does a full inspection. Yeah. <laughs> he does a medical himself. <laughs> and cough. <laughs> <laughs> the plot thickens at the end of the chapter when Anne walks outside and with a gentle sigh says to herself out loud, quote, a few months more and he perhaps may be walking there. End quote. What? Hmm. Who is she talking about? And where are they walking? Hmm. Oh, Anne, you salty dog. What are you up to? What's with the vagaries? Yeah. Well, we. it seems like a thing that would be a mystery for a while, but the very next page we find out what she's right, talking about. Yeah. It's a really quick review. I was like, oh, wow, I wonder what that is. Oh, okay. It's just an ad break cliffhanger <laughs> yeah, as basically. opposed to an, it's not Netflix next episode begins <laughs> yeah. in 10 seconds oh, thing. Oh, what's it going to be? Yeah. It's like, oh, hello, cool. <laughs> we quickly find out that the he Anne was referring to was not Admiral Croft, who will be renting her old house, but his wife's brother, Captain Wentworth. That's the sexy one. I can tell. Yeah, you got to remember that one. Wentworth. Captain Wentworth. Okay. It makes me think of a female prison. I don't know why. Because of the show Wentworth. That'd do it. Yeah. Hmm. 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 We got a bit of a background on old Wentworth here. Seven years earlier, Anne and Captain Wentworth had met had met whilst he was visiting the area and had quickly fallen in love. Oh. So he hopefully will be walking here. Mm, yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah. he'll be visiting the estate gotcha. to visit his uh, If you know what I mean. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's walked here before, <laughs> mate. <laughs> hopefully he'll retrace a few steps. Yeah. <laughs> they had Put hoped- on the bloody Nikes, I tell you that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they had hoped to get married, but when she spoke to Lady Russell, her family friend and trusted advisor, well, she was advised to immediately break it off. What? Lady Russell. At the time, Captain Wentworth had no rank. He wasn't a captain yet. And it was so poor, he was deemed an unsuitable partner. Oh, but they're in love. They were in love, but Anne didn't want to go against this advice or disappoint her vain father. So she quickly broke off the relationship before many people could find out about it. Just oh. for the young kids. she Lady Russell said, swipe left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the bad one, yeah? That's the part, yeah. yeah. You guys picking this up out there? <laughs> swiped yeah. left, well, Anne. Captain Wentworth was swiped left and he was very heartbroken about it and he went to sea to get away. What is the past tense of swipe? Is it swiped? Swooped. Yeah. Swooped. Swapped. 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 I swapped him away. What's the past tense of left? Oh. Noofed. <laughs> Spit turns Danish. (laughs) (laughs) So that was seven years ago. Anne has not stopped thinking about the captain, but has stayed single ever since. And remember, she had her bloom early on. She's lost that bloom. Oh, yeah, she's an uggo now. (laughs) She's a haggard 27-year-old. Yeah. Charles Musgrove had proposed to her, but she knocked him back, and instead he married her younger sister, Mary. Oh, my God, this family's so weird. Mm. Okay. A bit weird. So Mary knows she's sloppy seconds. Absolutely. Good. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd want. And <laughs> Anne now dreads seeing her old flame, Captain Wentworth, all these years later, especially now that he was a captain and is probably very rich now. <sighs> yeah, but he's self-made. Yeah. So her dad still won't approve. Won't respect him. Ugh, oh, girl, the drama. There is drama. a lot of drama in this Jane Austen novel. Yeah. <laughs> 
Why can't it be straightforward? I know. Just yeah. make it easy. Well, Admiral Croft and his wife come to Kalinch for a bit of a rental review. They're the ones that are going to hire out Kalinch. And uh, the initially sceptical Sir Walter is very pleased with them. Quote, he thinks the admirable one of the admiral admirable one of the best looking sailors he's ever met end okay. quote so he's God. like you're he's, hot get in how many sailors old, you met he's such an old horn dog <laughs> he's like he's oh he loves everything yeah this feels like three different reality shows to me like there's a bit of real housewives in new york <laughs> then there's um those shows where they take the people around to three different houses house hunters yeah. it's my favorite yeah. show oh. There's a bit of that, and then there's oh. a bit of like Escape to the Country as well. Mm. Escape to the Country, yeah. There's a bit of these shows in it. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like it's hosted by Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Winning your heart, <laughs> your heart, get in. <laughs> uh, so it is agreed that the Crofts, the Admiral, will rent the estate. So Walter and Elizabeth will go to Bath, but the younger sister Mary asks Anne to stay with her at her cottage. She's not feeling very well. Oh. Anne is happy to stay behind, as she doesn't want to go to Bath anyway. But if she's around in the same kind of area... Uh-oh, she's going to see the ex. Yeah, if the ex turns up, it's like, oh, I was just walking past. What are you doing here? Yeah, it's like I when you that. go down to the you know, the local Westfield, you go to the groove train, you're going to see your ex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do they work there or...? Yeah, oh, you know, everyone crosses paths at Westfield. <laughs> at the groove train. Yeah. yeah, groove train. You go there for a flat white with your with your new miso. Yeah. You're gonna run into You're the gonna X. run into the ex. Don't go to groove train. Yeah. Go to Michelle's patisserie. Yeah. Support a local business. Yeah, or go to yeah, go to one of them. <laughs> but we're here to read a Jane Austen novel. Here we are. So she goes to visit Mary, her younger sister, who's living in the cottage. Who's not feeling well. She finds her laying on the sofa, oh, claiming really not well. Claiming to be too ill to speak, but then spends a few minutes asking Anne why she hasn't come sooner. <laughs> See, it's, really, it's quite a funny scene, this one. When, when Anne says, well, your letter on Thursday said you were fine, Mary claims, quote, well, I was just trying to make the best of it, you know. You should have come sooner. You should have known. And then Mary contradicts herself by saying she went out on Thursday and that she's been fine up until that morning. (laughs) Bit of fun, guys. That's nice. Bit of an English comedy happening there. Mary's a bit of a dag. You're setting Mary up as a a real whinger, but one that you laugh at. Yeah. We all have one of those. And if you don't, it's you. Yeah. Yeah, it's you. This is one of those characters where when you read the book, it's a good thing about books is you find you enjoy the human because you're interpreting it and then you see some film of it and the actors just ruined it. Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about? And you hear some podcasts of it and the guy's just ruined it. (laughs) Yeah, some guy (laughs) talking about Fergus and Clara. (laughs) (laughs) Mary lives with her husband, Charles Musgrove, on a cottage on the Musgrove family estate, which is called Upper Cross. So basically these places, there's a main house, it's a mansion, and then they're on the cottage you know, a couple of acres away. Yep. All living there together. Uh, Charles has two sisters that live in the main house who are 19 and 20, Henrietta and Louisa. Mm-hmm. Anne got on well with the whole family, so doesn't mind having to stay there for a while. So Anne's happy. Chapter six has my favourite scene in the book, which when reading it, it comes across like how a TV comedy would be written now. It's essentially a montage <laughs> that jump cuts. I was really impressed with this, Jane Austen. It jump cuts. Because it jump cuts from Anne talking to different members of the Musgrove household, asking all asking for her help in persuading the other members of the house to change their behaviour. Oh, cool. And Anne is stuck right in the middle and they're like just complaining. So it goes, Anne talking to Mary, complaining about how she doesn't like sending her children to the main estate because their grandmother spoils them too much and the grandma is always asking to see them. Cuts Anne talking to that grandma. 
And she says, I wish those kids would behave for, for their mother like they do for you. She spoils them too much. Their behavior spoils me from wanting them to come over as much as I should. Huh? Huh? Bit right, of fun. Right, okay. Cut back to Anne talking to Mary, complaining about how her mother-in-law, how she sees her mother-in-law's servants down the street, never doing any work, even though the mother-in-law thinks they're great. Cut back to the mother-in-law saying how she hates to interfere, but she's heard that Mary's nurse, her servant, is always out gallivanting rather than working. So they're just constantly like, bitching about each other to <sighs> Anne. It's a great, it's a great scene. It's does she scene. put little, like, a, how, does she, how does she write that? How does it's she all, it? it's just in paragraphs and it's just like, now, next bit. Wow. And talking to, yeah. It was really impressive. I, I really, I That's laughed. interesting. I laughed a lot. Do they use the Star Wars wipe? <laughs> yeah, or it like comes a across. star wipe or a... <laughs> diddly, diddly, diddly. <laughs> Just fade to black. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come back. It's just all in the dark. What now. would you do if you're reading this book and she starts to use like film terminology, like <laughs> smash cut two, <laughs> <laughs> text on screen says yeah. crash zoom into face. I think Jane Austen's a time traveller. <laughs> Harrison Ford says. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What? Yeah. Who's that? Yeah, an Anne Hathaway type actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a fun scene anyway and shows that Anne is stuck in the middle. A bit of fun. I probably didn't really do it justice, to be honest. <laughs> but I, did, I just wanted to try and put it across that I really respected uh, how that scene was written. Oh, I just wish these people would get some therapy and learn to talk to one another. Yeah, they don't. They will not. They will not. They won't. Get some therapy, though. You know? If you're listening, get some therapy. They're not real characters. What's that? They're not real. What do you mean? <laughs> do you know how... Do you know how a book works? Yeah, well, before like a story, a you, you're asking for my favourite autobiography and this is it. <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> really, this is an auto? Oh, yeah, Persuasion right. <laughs> by Jane Austen. <laughs> uh-oh, Captain Wentworth comes to town. Yay! Anne's former flame. Uh, uh-oh, is it uh-oh or is it yay? Well, it's like, mmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of both. Yeah, perfect. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this chapter's called. Mmm. <laughs> Uh, Captain Wentworth is in town because he's visiting his sister, Mrs. Croft, the one who's living at Kalinch with the Admiral. Yep. Captain Wentworth is invited to dine at the main house at Upper Cross, the same estate where Anne is staying. Mm. <laughs> Everyone is invited to dinner, including Anne. Oh, my God. I reckon, okay, sorry. Mm. <laughs> Who freaks out at the thought of seeing her old love after all these years. But she needn't worry as Sister Mary's oldest son falls off a horse and breaks his collarbone. Thank God. So that ruins the night's plans. <laughs> Good boy. Cancelled. Cancelled, yeah. <laughs> but Captain- Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Problematic horse. <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> Captain Wentworth does drop into the main house and Anne hears about this when Louisa and Henrietta, who's Mary Husband's Charles' youngest sisters, who I mentioned before, the 19 and 20-year-old young go-getters, they come to report that they are smitten by this charming man, Mm. Captain Wentworth. Mm. And Anne's peaked. They have no... And they're talking to Anne and bragging about how hot this guy is. They've got no idea that Anne was practically once engaged to him. And they just keep talking about how hot he is. Yeah. They don't know that Anne's a bit weird about it. That's kind of happened to me once. Oh, So okay. I was out with uh, a group of friends. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm sorry. I was out with a group of friends <laughs> that were like high school friends of mine. And my uh, and somebody said, oh, my ex-boyfriend was on his way. He was coming as well because it was all the same group of friends. And that was like mm. long enough after we'd broken up <laughs> yeah. that I was like, this is fine. One's hand to describe this story. Yeah. But then a friend of mine was like, oh, I want to set him up with 
uh, my housemate, I think they'd get along really well. And I'm like, I'm standing in front of you. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> did, they, Shut- did she know? 100% she knew. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was weird. That is weird. Because at least these girls don't know, but that's weird. Exactly. That to your face, they're like, Mm. I want to set him up with someone else because his last girlfriend was a real dog. <laughs> Sorry to tangent, but I've never set anyone up with anyone. No, I don't trust Who's myself. Who's setting too. up people? Yeah, nah. Mm. I get setting up in Jane Austen time when you just, or you can pick between walking around the hills <laughs> yeah. or, or setting your cu- people your up, yeah. or falling off a horse. Yeah. Now it's just like keep your own, keep your own business. Chuck on Stan. Yeah. Chuck on Netflix. Listen to Dave's podcast. Wait. And are they meeting people through watching Stan? You, you, well, you know, that's true. But who needs friends when you've oh, got understood. the circus? Yeah, right. Which is what I'm watching. <laughs> anyway. So they just go on. He is a real, he's a real hot guy. <laughs> and finally does run into Captain Wentworth a couple of days later when he drops by the cottage. And it is awkward. Oh. Yeah. The two do not speak and share half eye contact. And two minutes later, he leaves without saying a word. Because he's visiting other people in the house. So he doesn't even say anything to them. Uh, yeah, he, he saw you. No, it's not just like. Well, he walks in. We're and all just, quiet. Like, hi, yeah, good to see you. Oh, sorry, just a two-minute silence, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Let's leave. And thinks to herself, thank goodness, quote, the worst is over. That was the worst. That was the worst. Which is probably not true. Oh, dear. But Mary later tells Anne that her sister-in-law, Henrietta, asked him what he thought of Anne. This is Captain Wentworth. And his response was, quote, she was so altered he should not have known her again. Oh. That's about Anne. He's ugly. Oh, no, she was. Yeah, he's talking. She's so so ugly now. So someone said, oh, you used to to know Anne a little bit, right? What do you think of her now? And he says, wouldn't even recognise her anymore. Because she's so altered. Yeah. Doesn't say positively or negatively. I mean, the bloom's over. We know that. Yeah, yeah, we've heard this, yeah. Sure, okay. But what about on the inside? Is there? Does it say anything about the inside of there the book? There is no inside. No. Yeah, right. Hmm. There's no inside in the book. Uh, this cuts This cuts in really deeply, and if, it were, if you had an inside, it would cut that deep, but she yeah. doesn't. And she continues to dwell on this thought, mm. like my old flame now thinks I'm an ugly. For the young audience, she's been cyber-bullied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're putting that into terms. Yeah. It's gotten back to yeah. her. Someone has commented on her photo, yuck. Yeah. And she's seen that comment and she's seen that other people have liked that comment. <laughs> yeah. Her yeah. best friend Rachel's liked that comment. It's like, Rachel, WTF. Sorry, Rachel. Uh, we then hear that whilst Captain Wentworth has not, uh, has not seen a woman that could match Anne uh, since breaking out with yeah, her yeah, right. in the seven years, yeah. but he has no desire to meet her again. He's confessing this to his sister now. Right. And that her power over him is now gone. Now he's back on land and he's got his riches. He's ready to settle down with the first woman that could properly tempt him. There's really no point in Anne trying if she doesn't have the power over him. Because what's the point of a relationship (laughs) unless you can control him? That's right. The power of love. Does it mention any mermaids? He was away at at, at sea. And they're, they're, they're temptresses. They are foul temptresses. Uh, so there's no more mucking around. He's ready to settle down. This includes with either Henrietta or Louisa Musgrove, the two young ladies who were hitting on him. Mm. He told his sister that he had a heart in quote, in short, for any pleasing young woman who came in his way. Nice. Excepting Anne Elliot. Oh my god. Okay, so, we get it. So he really he's really putting Anne down. He loves Anne. How can he Oh, okay. Is he a hundred percent he's negging. He yeah, he's negging and he's a little bit hurt because they split up, but he Loves her so bad, doesn't he, Dave? 
Dave. Um, he just said any. He'll take anyone but her. Yeah, but if she was like, "Hey, <laughs> I mean, sorry about before, but I really like you," he'd be like, "All right." <laughs> so you're if someone a guy said to you, "I would go out with anyone in the world but you," you'd be like, "You love me." Yeah. <laughs> but if he yeah. does come back from this, and what you say is true, if he does come back with, from this and they get married, I'm not. That's bad. No, but look at like other Jane Austen movies, like Pride and Prejudice, because yeah. Mister Darcy's a He's yeah. an idiot. It's yeah. What's it's the Bridget Jones and the, yeah, yeah. And it happens every time. It's like, uh, 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 and then they go, oh, and then they finally open up and are vulnerable, and they're like, actually, I was mean to you because I secretly love you. Hang on, Jess, and Dave's gone very silent here. Yes, Broden. You know what he? You know it sounds like what he needs is persuasion. <laughs> oh my god, you he did, did it. it! He did it. He you identified a key thing. No need to read the rest <laughs> of the book. <laughs> We are done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Dave, is he right? Does he need persuasion? He needs something. Oh, okay. Trying to keep it vague. Bloody foot up the arse. <laughs> yeah. Tell you that. <laughs> Bloody foot up the old ginger. <laughs> well, Captain Wentworth decides to stay at Kalinch for a while, and this means that Anne has to keep running to, into him at dinner. They don't speak, but Anne speculates about how they'd make a good couple. And still thinking about it. Yeah. She is inspired by the affection between Admiral Croft, the one renting her old house, and his wife, Mrs. Croft, who are one of the only truly happy married couples in all of Jane Austen's books. No kids. There you go. And then they have no kids. <laughs> You're right. And then interesting. Furni- the furniture- very interesting. <laughs> the furniture is pristine. <laughs> Car's very clean. <laughs> <laughs> they go to Noosa every year. Yeah. yeah. Haven't been to Macca's in years. Yeah. They're just happy. Do you think going to Macca's is a non is not having it? And if you don't have kids, you don't go to Macca's. I don't have kids, and I don't go. That's oh, not true. I do. I do. <laughs> I do go a little bit. Yeah, I go to Macca's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some bad news. You are a dad. Oh without, yeah. Without knowing it, I've got eight kids. You got eight kids. What are they called? Larry, Jerry. This is not Goodwill Hunting. I don't have to name the kids. Why not? You're not Mini Driver. I could be Mini Driver. You. Ch- that's right. Hello. Mini driver! <laughs> She's got a wicked laugh. That's the same impression you do when you're doing Adele. Yeah, well, they're very similar people. <laughs> but Adele sounds like, hello, I'm Adele. And then she sings it like, never mind. And it's like, how? How are you the same person? She's great. <laughs> Welcome to the Adele podcast where we talk about. Ooh. <laughs> Would you like that? Yeah. Top five Adele. Fun she, fact. she doesn't sing anymore. At all. Is that right? I think she still does. But less. Less. Takes her time with albums. She's a mum. Hello, I'm a mum. (laughs) 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 She's a, yeah. That was Elvis doing Adele. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what he used to say. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine he probably said it once. Elvis was the most polite rock star. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Cincinnati. These modern day rappers could really take a leaf out of yeah. his book. Yeah, no manners. <laughs> well, so Captain Wentworth is hanging around and he's continuing to ignore Anne. Bad smell. Nagging. But he keeps visiting the Musgrove estate because he wants to get to know Henrietta and Louisa. Oh, you grub. Yeah, pick <laughs> one. 18 and 19, man. Mm. How, old is he? How old is he? He'd, He'd be, be like same age as Anne? 
Maybe even a couple of years older than her, probably 30. Gross. Yuck. Problematic. Practically dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was 30, He's I'd, on be, the pension. I'd be very depressed in this room if yeah. I was 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I turned 30 last week. <laughs> <Sorry>. Gross. <laughs> I haven't even been at sea for any time. No, uh, but you look haggard. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Get an excuse. Come the on. The sun has not been kind to you. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Look at those freckles. Yeah. <laughs> so he's hanging around uh, Henrietta and Louisa. Both seem pretty keen on El Capitano. And the family family speculate on which one of the sisters he will choose, which is so weird, pitting two sisters yeah. against each other for the same man. Who's hotter, do you reckon? Oof. Henrietta or Louisa? I'm going for Louisa. I think Louisa is a sexier name. Yeah, I agree. Henrietta is just a mouthful. Henrietta you take home to your family. Louisa you take to Groove Train. <laughs> Flatline. Yeah. And you go see a movie, you go see Aquaman. <laughs> wow, what a blockbuster. You sneak in some KFC in the movie. Where are you hiding the chicken? You need a backpack. <laughs> you got a backpack full of popcorn chicken. Yeah, I got Louisa, put it in your handbag. <laughs> Chuck that zinger in your handbag. But you're taking it out of the box. Yeah. You empty the chicken into yeah. the bag. No, no, no. You take it out of the. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Here's how you do it. All right. Serviettes. Teenagers listening. Serviettes. You keep the chips in the box, so you get a large. Obviously, you don't get that little paper bag thing. Oh, yuck. But I, but I wouldn't be getting loose chicken. I'd be getting a zinger and a and a chips and a Pepsi. Yeah. But I might even not get the Pepsi. Get a Pepsi from Hoyts, so it looks like I've bought something, so yeah. they don't look in the bag. This is what I'd be doing with Louisa, <laughs> the fictional character. Yeah, but from not Christmas. Henrietta. Henrietta makes me sick. Yeah, she's yuck. <laughs> I remember once I took in a baked potato into what? <laughs> the movies. <laughs> Dave Wood. It was such a bad idea. Garlic butter, so it stinks. <laughs> Cheese, sour cream, avocado. That was what was on. You can't see in there. It's you're spilling all over the place. Which was it? Northland. Uh, Eastland. Eastland. Yeah, you need a food that you can do, like popcorn, where it's just like I pick it up and I put it but in my mouth. Where are you going to get popcorn at the movies? Yeah, good point. <laughs> popcorn chicken. Please. Bring your own. <laughs> Baked potato. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, was, I went through a phase. I was obsessed with them. Spud bar. Love it. I'm a spud member. Got my tenth uh, tenth one last week, which is a free one if you're a member. You working for them? What? This is you just. Dropping little incentives. <laughs> yeah, you like... should ask them to sponsor the pod. Oh, should. Yeah. You get a free one on your birthday. Do you know who would be a good sponsor for mm. podcast? Squarespace. <laughs> I've never heard of them. <laughs> They'd be sick. Do they still sponsor podcasts? Do they sponsor your NBA team? They uh, sponsor StubHub is Philadelphia. They sponsor a. I was watching some NBA highlights. So I think Squarespace have moved on from podcast to an NBA team based in New York City. Yeah, yeah okay. Let's see if the results are the same. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I was like, like Squarespace. I've read out an ad for those guys. <laughs> it's being worn on like, you know, who's their star player's chest? Yeah. I haven't seen Loot Crate on the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> yeah, recently. Le- LeBron's like Loot Crate for life. <laughs> I haven't received my monthly Loot Crate. Yeah, where is it? I want my Game of Thrones bobblehead. <laughs> What's <laughs> uh, the book again? Good for persuasion. Anyway, Louise is my my pick. Right, right, and right. you're the same. Yeah, Henrietta. Yeah. So they're, they're both going for both going for him. Uh, to throw another spanner in the works here, a man named Charles Hater arrives on the scene. <laughs> hey, don't hate the player, hate the game. Come on. <laughs> I hadn't said his name out loud before. <laughs> I didn't say his name out loud. I think I was reading Hatter, but it's clearly Hater. H-A-Y-T-E-R. This is her last book. (laughs) 
Yeah. Also, oh, I get his name back. That's now uh, two characters called Charles. Yeah, too many Charles. Yeah, come on, Jane. Please, There's Charles Hater. Charles Hater. Well, Charles Hater is cousin to both Louisa and Henrietta Musgrove, and has been away on a short trip. Before he left, he was Henrietta's number one suitor, and it looked like they were going to get married. Yuck. But now he's, yeah. now he's back after a, like a long weekend away, and Henrietta doesn't want to know him anymore because she likes this new captain bloke. And he's a bit like, what? You were dicking <laughs> me week. three days ago. Don't long leave. Long. Don't go on holidays. Yeah, yeah. Labor Day weekend, mate. I hope you oh. like Torquay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have fun on your boys' trip? Well, yeah. you're single now. Yeah, bad luck. So it's all a bit, it's all a bit awkward. For, for everyone involved, Captain Wentworth, Charles Hater, he's a bit like, oh, go, okay, okay. okay. Is it okay. Hater? H-A-Y-T-E-R. Hater. <laughs> I changed the spelling. Yeah. No. Bit of subtext there, Jane. Hater. He hates Wentworth. Yeah. <gasps> His name is Hate Wentworth. And this is when Lance Corporal John Good comes in. Yeah. No, sorry, go on. Uh, Anne keeps watching how Captain Wentworth reacts to both sisters and speculates and probably hopes that he's not really that keen on either, even though he looks pretty keen on either. And he said, I will, I will, I will marry anything that moves yeah, and she's like, that isn't Anne. He doesn't mean that. <laughs> no, I can tell. He doesn't like him. Uh, they all go for a big family walk together, which is... <laughs> This family sucks. Losers. Well, it's supposed to be a romantic. It's supposed to be. Oh, a- let's go for a walk together. <laughs> it's supposed to be romantic. No, it's supposed to be a romantic walk for just the Musgrove sisters and Captain Wentworth. They're trying to get him away from the house. But Mary hears about it and demands to come along and then forces Anne and her husband Charles to go. Yes, Mary. They actually say to her, oh, it was just us going. And Mary goes, no, I'm coming. And runs up grabs Anne, who now is staying out and watching. Mary's like the anti-wing woman. <laughs> She's the best. She's like, oh, you guys are cracking on to him. Well, I'm going to come and tell you boring stories about my foot fungus. <laughs> Kill the mood. Yeah. <laughs> Anne finds Louise's constant flirting with Captain Wentworth to be a little awkward and tries to distract herself with the beautiful countryside. Some could say it was quite bucolic. Yeah. yeah. Jane Austen really missed the trick there. Henrietta leaves the group with Charles, so one of the sisters and uh, Mary's husband, leave to visit their nearby cousins. They've walked towards their place, leaving Louisa and Captain Wentworth alone. Louisa was my pick and Jess's pick. Wait, so where's Anne? Still with them. Uh, she and Mary have She's gone off. She, oh, Mary, she, and Mary she gone went off. as well. Okay. So Anne and Mary have gone off a little bit and then Louisa and Captain Wentworth right. have gone off so they're alone. So also a family walk. They, let's all go on a walk together and then some people walked off one way and other people <laughs> walked into, off another they way. Into, they split into three groups. <laughs> Family walk. <laughs> well, so Louise is talking to Captain Wentworth and he starts talking about the, they start talking about their values and he gets very flirtatious by talking about a nut. What? A nut. A nut. <laughs> this is my favourite passage in the book. He says, quote, here's a nut, said he, catching one down from an upper bruff. Buff. Buff. Tree? <laughs> Just say tree. <laughs> to quote, to exemplify a beautiful glossy nut which, blessed with original strength, has outlived all the storms of autumn. Not a puncture, not a weak spot anywhere. This nut, he continued with play. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Full solemnity. While so many of his brethren have fallen and been trodden underfoot, is still in possession of all the happiness that a hazelnut can be supposed to be capable of. Then returning to his former earnest tone, quote, My first wish for all I am interested in is that they should be firm. End quote. <laughs> Basically, I want you to be like this nut. <laughs> and she laps it up. She's right. anaphylactic. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like the nut. You don't have to be the nut. Be the nut, which is all very sexy. Be a nut. <laughs> and uh, The Lu- perfect nut. <laughs> Louisa responds by telling Captain Wentworth that her family all wished that Anne had married her brother Charles and not Mary. She reveals that Charles asked Anne first, but then she refused. And Captain Wentworth is very surprised and intrigued by this development. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't know that Anne knocked back Charles. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> It's an alarm. It's the jealousy alarm. Oh, nice. What colour is it? It's a code red. Yep. Total fire bear. <laughs> yep. Put yep. it out. Yeah. No burning off today. No. No back burning. Yeah, no back burning. Not today. No, wait until it's less windy. Yes. Then, <laughs> then Henrietta reappears with her cousin. And former suitor Charles Hater back in tow. <laughs> Hater's back. You can't keep a hater down. He's back. <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> uh, they seem to be getting on quite well again. Right. It now appears that Charles Hater is back on with Henrietta and looking increasingly likely that Louisa is winning over Captain Wentworth. Hmm. So they're all coupling up. Everyone except Fan. Obviously. Because she's gross. Yeah, obviously. Yuck. Uh, Captain Wentworth goes away for a couple of days to the seaside town of Lyme to visit some friends. Lyme. Lyme. Mm-hmm. Lyme. Bath. Lyme. <laughs> Great. Uh, when he gets back, he talks it up so much that everyone decides they want to go and check out this Lyme. Okay. So every- the family's going <laughs> So now. they go away for a family weekend no. together. This family's too close. <laughs> Just a couple of sisters, the guy they're both fighting over, his ex fiance who rejected a man who then married a sister, all hanging out, you know, oh, at the beach. This is Just a, mess. a gay old time had by all. We then meet two of Captain Wentworth's buddies at the beach. Two more captains. At the beach? Yeah, they live at the beach. Oh, right. They've got a beach. Just house. walking along the beach. No, no, they go and stay with these people. Okay. Two more captains. So now we've got three. To be honest, I think the book should have been called Too Many Captains. Sure. Three captains. But so Captain Harville who lives in Lyme, he's got the beach house there, with his wife, Mrs. Harville, and their friend who was staying with them, Captain Benwick. Benwick. Captain Benwick is staying with the Harvilles as he is in the midst of a deep depression over the death of his fiancée, Fanny Harville, who was Captain Harville's sister. So he's bummed about it. Yeah. He's bummed. Anne starts talking to Captain Harville, who is a poet, and he opens up to her about his love of poetry. And also a big reader. Oh, good. Suggests to him that he should start reading novels as well as poetry. This is the guy. This is the guy. And feels good for making a man with a broken heart at least temporarily feel loved. Oh, good. 
Very nice. This is where it's going. I was worried. So is he okay? He she's going to end up with him. Well, she needs a bit of persuasion. Yeah, she does or he does because he's grieving. Mm. And grieving's never a good time to start a relationship. No. From my experience. <laughs> Jess, Jess is a serial killer. <laughs> you're, you're grieving over that boyfriend that started dating someone at Northland earlier in the piece. <laughs> Don't bring him up. Uh, the whole crew go for a beach walk. No more walk. Why are they walking on beaches? This is in Jane Austen's walking period of her <laughs> yeah. writing. You're also, you're in England. It's cold. Yeah. And at the beach. Yeah. Very they're cold. bad beaches there. I know you have listened. They're lovely beaches there. Yeah, and nice people. They're lovely. And ours, love- our beaches certainly aren't better. No, I love their cold <laughs> cold pebbles. She winked. Brody, shut up. <laughs> a wink is a visual thing, not this a... This is true story. First time I went to Edinburgh, then one day off in the middle of the big festival, I was, I'm going to go to the beach because Edinburgh <laughs> is on the water. I'm going to go for a swim. Oh, I got God. to the beach. Brody, no. no. And I thought... I'm not going to swim in that water. Yeah. But they put casinos up to the water and at their beaches, like like the cassette, like you know, gross little pokies places. Yeah. And, right yeah. up on the water. Yeah. Huh. But it's an island. England and Wales and Scotland and Yeah. Hmm. So they're at the beach. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so they've gone for a beach walk and whilst they pass a stranger who clearly checks out Anne. Oh my god, Anne is killing it. <laughs> Go girl. Lime is her hood. Yeah. She runs Lime. She loves Well, their eyes lock, quote, as she had her bloom of youth restored by the fine wind. <laughs> She's got her second bloom from the wind. Funny that. <laughs> There's wait, you can have a second bloom? From wind. <sighs> <laughs> There's a chair. Jess is hanging out. Get yourself to lime. I got to get to at least Western Australia. It's very windy. windy. Yeah, I'll get to the airport. Yeah, that'll do. It's quite windy. At the end. Then I'll just hang around for a bit. <laughs> There's a crazy woman at the airport. Someone marry me. She seems to have peaked again, though. Funnily enough. I mean, she's crazy, but she's hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, guess who sees Anne being checked out by another <gasps> man? Went. Captain Worth. Wentworth saw this man checking out Anne and he gave her a very specific glance himself, a glance that said, quote, that man is struck with you. Oh. And even I at this moment see something like Anne Elliot again, end quote. So oh. it's taken another man to look at her for him to be like, oh, hang on. So that was all in a look he communicated that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love. Very specific look. Yeah, I love a, a really loaded look. Yeah. <laughs> There's a. He swiped right. <laughs> yeah, with his eyes. <laughs> he went, uh. oh. <laughs> Sorry, I did an eye movement. <laughs> you actually glanced to the left. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> you really stuck. You got your final. You finally, you've been matching on Tinder for months. You finally got the perfect person yeah. and you go left back. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> can no. they come back? No, I don't no. think you can. Oh, they dear. So they get back to the hotel where they're staying and they find out that the stranger who looked at Anne is also a guest and they inquire, who is this man? It's a certain Mr. Elliot who was described by the worker as a man with a large fortune. Mr. Elliot? They reason that this must be their uh, cousin, Mr. Elliot, ew. the heir to the Kalinch estate who once rejected Anne's older sister, Elizabeth, and ended up marrying that rich woman that no one liked. But before they confirm this, the man leaves in a carriage and they're like, there he goes. <laughs> Never to be seen again. <laughs> and let me just say, after that, they go for another beach walk. Okay, so she's clearly, as she was writing this, something was going on with her. <laughs> well, like she was felt like she needed to lose a bit of weight. Or, she felt pressure. Yeah. 
Weird. So, this uh, there was no walks in this book, and then how far are we into like two thirds? It's just become Walk City. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly it's Walk City. Well, the group go for another beach walk and they get to some steep stairs. Conflicts. <laughs> like it. Louisa, trying to be playful, demands that Captain Wentworth hold her and help her jump down the stairs. Yeah. She does this successfully, but then runs back up the stairs and demands he do it again. It was so much fun the first time. Oh, she sucks. Which he does. But the second time she trips and falls and hits her head. Yes. Amnesia. Although there is no blood, (laughs) she lies lifeless. They all stare at her still body and Mary begins to freak out that Louisa is dead. Which is what to do in a in a in a situation like that. When someone falls, <laughs> stare. Stare. Stay at respectable distance. Yeah. If you yeah. take if you take your eyes off her, you will kill her. Be very yeah. quiet. Keep Just the person on their back. Stare at her. <laughs> Good old Anne stays calm and takes charge of the situation and gets Captain Benwick, the poet, to get a doctor and ask Captain Wentworth to carry Louisa back to the inn. There, a doctor examines the young girl and says that she has suffered a severe head injury. Oh, dear. But that in time, she has a good chance of recovering from her injury. But he won't want to marry her if she's injured because she's yeah. not perfect. But Henrietta's still there, so. True. Christ, yeah. It's decided that Anne and Captain Wentworth will travel together via carriage to Louise's parents' house to break the news about their daughter's injury. Oh, no. Now they're on a trip together. It's their first non awkward alone time together. And in the carriage, Wentworth opens up about feeling guilty about having caused the injury. Basically, because he caused yeah. the injury. <laughs> Interesting. He, I feel guilty for the oh, thing I did. I really should have held her, and I didn't hold her. He also asks Anne what she thinks is the best way to break the news to the Musgrove family. Anne feels honoured to be asked about her opinion, something that no one ever asks for. Oh, God, poor Anne. Poor Anne. Her standards sweet, are so low. Sweet, sweet Anne. <laughs> Talk to me, <laughs> man. I'm in love. <laughs> Wentworth breaks the news to the Musgroves, drops Anne home, and then returns to Lyme to see the others and check on Louisa. How far away is Lyme? Uh, I think they said it was going to be... Something like seven hours in a horse and carriage. Chucking up the Ks. Yeah. Jeez. That horse is bloody tired. Oh, that's a round yeah. trip. Probably three and a half hours in a in, in a carriage. Crikey, now, man. if I tell you, that is the end of part one, but it is the longest part, so don't <laughs> panic. I panicked a little bit there, but thank you for at university. Me. At university, I performed in The Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby, a uh, Dickens, Dickens? Uh, book. And the adaptation by the Royal Shakespeare Company, and uh, it went. The, we performed it in, in uh, and it went for uh, seven hours. <laughs> Are you lying? No, dead serious. <laughs> Why? It every uh, every time it would go for seven hours. Yeah, so we you would do, we did it over two nights a couple of times, and then one Sunday all the way through. And and how was, many intervals were there? There was four. Yeah, okay. and and a, like a dinner. And Let's be honest. It was too the, long. The fourth the fourth yeah. part. Was there anyone left watching? Yeah, everyone was there. They're very supportive families. I was going to say families. Mm. Seven hours. Yep. God, yep. no. Yep. So what you're saying is I can keep Zach going. Zach Rowane from Arnie Donna was also in it. Wow. Both we... of us minus 20 kilos each were in it. Were either of you uh, <laughs> quite big parts? Yeah, I was I was in this one. I would have been uh, the older, wealthy, well-to-do man. Right. Ralph, Ralph Nickleby, the uncle, the uncle of great uh, So you had to be repute. ready to go. For mm. the whole seven hours, yep, yep. there's no bits where you're like, "Well, I'm not in this act." So there, there's what these writers do is they tangent and they take trips and, and they, they go for oh, walks. Yeah, I'd they, need a nap. Yeah, 
Yuck. <laughs> I'm sometimes I still think about the performing arts course I didn't get into because my uh, my ATAR wasn't high enough. And then other times like this, I go, <laughs> thank goodness, thank goodness, I had to go do my third choice because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to perform for seven hours. No, need a nap. <laughs> also, a performance based thing. They were looking at it. Yeah, I nailed the audition and they were like, oh, but you didn't do well enough in maths. So really? I didn't get into the course. Yeah. Trash. That's trash. Yeah, it was bullshit. That doesn't make <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I know, Dave. I know. I'm but for you. Name, and, name and shame. Monash Uni. <laughs> performing arts. And two girls that were in my drama class, there's only ten in my drama class. Two girls got in and they no, three of them got in and they were terrible. Really? Yes. And one of them is now Kate Blanchett. Please. Yeah. I'm sure. Because the school's good. But that's none the of them have done anything with performing since. You sit here real cynical, Jess, but often in school I'd be they'd be going, Shakespeare's work is important. Five fives. And if you couldn't do it, <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing. I can do it, but I need time. Put yeah. me on the spot. Yeah. I panic. I mean, let's I go blank. Halfway through that seven that seven hour Nicholas Nickel, but you said there was a dinner. Yeah. You forgot to mention the maths test. Yeah, yeah. But I assume you had. If there's a fifteen percent tip on this dinner, what are the? <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. It was. So it was, yeah. you shouldn't have gone. Uh, you're right, and uh, I'm glad I didn't. But yes, I. I they love tangents. And, and I've even skipped a few other tangents here to try and keep it to the bare minimum. But I felt those walks were essential. You're doing a very good job, I should say, isn't he, Jess? He's very good. Thank you kindly. And I've been looking at, like, for for the listeners, <laughs> Dave's wearing a T-shirt covered in bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very serious young chap. He's so cheeky. He's a little banana boy. Yeah. Aren't ya? Love your potassium. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I never know where to look. <laughs> Broden. I know. Never look at him for too long. No, you don't want <laughs> that. He changes. I'm yeah. bullied by the old man from Nicholas Nickleby. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. Great. <clears throat> Anne keeps hearing updates on Louise's health, which is improving very slowly. Is just getting text messages or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Snapchat. She puts it on ball. She mutes that conversation. Yeah. With the household split up between the estate and Lyme because of Louise's injury, Anne leaves up across to stay with her old pal, Lady Russell. Okay. The one that ruined her relationship seven years earlier. Yeah. Lady Russell gives her the goss on the on her father and sister Elizabeth, who are now living in Bath, and uh, she's a little bit bored by it. <laughs> she, 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 <laughs> every family she, update, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. She feels guilty that she would rather... Too many walks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's had so much fun hanging out with the other family. She's like, yeah, my family's boring. She feels guilty that she's like fading... No, not even concentrating on what Lady Russell says. But Lady Russell does compliment Anne on, quote, her improved plumpness and looks. Plumpness. Mm. Yeah, I want to go back to when that was <laughs> ideal. Pale your plumpness and is looking fat. Great. Yeah, I'd love that. Oh, you're getting to, you know, I can see bone. Have a cake. <laughs> Are you having a second bloom? I'd love that. Have a third and fourth bloom and fatten yourself up. <laughs> uh, Anne is stoked about this, by the way. Yeah. She's stoked to hear She's got that. a compliment, the first one she's ever had. Oh, yeah. And she's just had a man look at her at the beach. That's never happened. Probably her cousin, but someone yeah. looked at her. And also that poet man seemed to be into yeah. it. The poet. She's killing. He, she's killing. I'm hoping for the poet to come back. I don't think he's going to. But I'm just I'm just a hopeless romantic. I know. <laughs> Anne goes back to Kalinch for the first time as a guest of Admiral Croft. This is her old house. And tells mm. her that Captain Wentworth was speaking about her and really praised her actions in last week's emergency. Anne is loving it. Oh, yeah. She's loving it sick. 
But then the Admiral says they're going away for a couple of weeks and Anne is secretly bummed out because it means she won't run into Captain Wentworth for that time. Just so many of these things could just be solved if people could just talk to each other. You know, mm. like she's all like, mm, I want to see him because I like him. And he's like, Ugh, I secretly love her. But they can't Just talk say to it. each other, you idiots. Too many walks. Yeah, not <laughs> enough talks. Too much yeah. fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, More just... talks, less walks. <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> They're walking in silence. <laughs> uh, with Louisa doing better, Anne's sister Mary and her husband Charles return home from Lyme and catch up with Anne and Lady Russell. Anne asked about Captain Benwick, who's the depressed poet that you seem yeah, to like, Broden. I like Benwick. Charles tells her that the captain speaks about her all the time and possibly fancies Anne. Yes, Anne. This, this sets Mary off, Anne's sister, who doesn't think the depressed captain is worthy of Anne, which, to be honest, is rare praise of Anne. Anne is killing it. This is the year of Anne. <laughs> girl, go. You, girl, go. Girl, you got to get it, girl. Yeah. She also, uh, Mary adds, that the captain never actually speaks about Anne, so she does put it down a bit too. She's like, you're too good for him. Also, he doesn't speak about you. Yeah. Nice. Mary tries to get Lady Russell to agree that the captain is an unsuitable loser, but Lady Russell says she must see him first before she decides her own opinion. All right, oh, Lady if I, Russell. If, I, if I've picked this, I'm going to feel so good. <laughs> I don't then, know, you've not picked it. Then Anne gets an interesting letter. <laughs> From her older sister, Elizabeth, who's living in Bath. Apparently. It's from Rebel Sport. (laughs) 15% off beach balls. Get me in there. (laughs) Apparently, this is the letter. Mr. Elliot, the heir to the family fortune, the one that Anne had run into on the beach and had totally checked her out. Well, apparently he's visited Sir Walter and Elizabeth in Bath and patched up their old wounds. And now they're all on good terms. An interesting development that left both Anne and Lady Russell interested in meeting this Mr. Elliot. So off to Bath they travel to meet him. So right. now Anne has three potential suitors. Yes, Benwick, Anne. Benwick Wentworth and... Yes, girl, yes. And the cousin of Mr. Elliot. <laughs> Isn't this always the way, though, when it rains at yeah. oh. oh, I couldn't get one boyfriend. No. I haven't seen a cloud in seven years. This is literally a Frasier episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where he has three dates in three nights. Anyway. Frasier. He's not a good-looking guy, but he did well with the ladies. He's a psychiatrist on the radio. True. That's hot. <laughs> I've never heard that said out loud. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That is a ridiculous concept for a show. <laughs> also, there's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> How much money do you want? <laughs> Let me cut you this check. <laughs> uh, Anne was not a big fan of the city and did not feel ho- at home in Bath, but is welcomed with warmth that, she- warmth that she's not used to by her father and sister. I mean, they still don't really want to listen to anything she has to say, but at least they acknowledge she's there now. Oh, you can't win them all. No, well. They tell her about their visit from cousin Mr. Elliot, and despite the fact that he married poorly and shunned Elizabeth all those years ago, they have forgiven him and welcomed him back into the family. Also, his poor wife died six months ago, and they're very happy about that too. Great. So she's no longer tied down to that uh, lower-class lady. So now he's just a rich guy. He's back in the family. Great. He's now staying in Bath as well. So most of the people are now in Bath. Problem with staying in Bath too long as you get wrinkly. <laughs> Like that, <laughs> I get all pruny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
hands go all weird. Yeah. And then you go, oh, look at this. And your brother goes, oh, get away. <laughs> Stop it. Don't. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> this is good stuff. That is good stuff. <laughs> and was suspicious of this Mr. Elliot's motives. He was, after all, already very rich and guaranteed to inherit the Kalinch estate. So why did he have to suck up to Sir Walter? Her theory was that Mr. Elliot just wanted to get close to her sister Elizabeth, the hot oh. one that everyone always wants. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It is totally Marsha, Marsha, yeah. Marsha. Poor old Jan. But then a knock at the door. It was Mr. Elliot, whose knock was recognised, so he must have had some sort of secret knock. <laughs> no, isn't that great? That's Miss, they literally say, that's Mr. Elliot's knock. <laughs> is that a thing they had back then? Brilliant. I love it. You have your own personalised knock. He was very pleased to see Anne there, who he remembered from lying from the beach and found very attractive. He expressed regret for not knowing who she was at the beach. Anne felt very complimented, and when he left, quote, Anne could not have supposed it possible that her first evening in Camden Place could have passed so well. That's okay. the name of the building they're staying in. She's having a good time. I'd make my knock the crazy frog. <laughs> Bring, <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> if you could personalise your knock. I think that's an excellent choice. Me, 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 me. Anyway. <laughs> I'd make mine the Macarena. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Do, do you remember that old website when you had the Nokias, you could go in and it'd give you code yeah. to make your... Yeah. That was sick. That was so fun. Simpler times. Well, yeah. And then the more advanced ones would be sent, sent away to Jamster. Oh, Jamster. Just four ninety five per ringtone. Imagine the, the Jamster empire now. <laughs> It must be huge. Yeah. If it was increasing at the rate it was back in 2006 as it is yeah, now. It's exponential. It's going to keep growing. Now my phone's always on silent. I don't even have a fun ringtone. No. Oh, no. God. Simpler times. Mm. You, could buy, you could buy a Limp Biscuit album for a, for a couple of quid. Mm. Or just buy a Maxi Bond and type in a code and probably get that same Limp Biscuit That's album. right. Oh, simpler <laughs> times. Oh, oh. Oh, we, dearie. And all we would do is go on family walks. <laughs> no talks, though. Yeah, no. No, no talks. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Clay, who I mentioned right at the start, she's the daughter of Sir Walter Elliot's lawyer and the one that Lady Russell was super worried would try and marry Sir Walter and get all his money. Well, she's still living at the bathhouse as Elizabeth's friend. She offers to leave the house to make room for Anne now that Anne wants to stay in her family home. And Elizabeth and Sir Walter will not hear of it. They're like, no, get rid of Anne. Yeah, Anne can go somewhere else. It's only <laughs> Anne. <laughs> this further worries Anne that Mrs. Clay is gunning for her dad and all the while Elizabeth, her sister, is oblivious. Mm, classic Elizabeth. Mm. Come on, Elizabeth. Anne hears that one of her old schoolfellows, then Miss Hamilton and now a Mrs. Smith, is living close by in Bath. Oh, not another one. <laughs> She's got another love interest. No. <laughs> Mrs. Smith had been very kind to Anne when her mother had died and she'd always remembered it. The last she'd heard of Mrs. Smith was that she married a rich man, but she's learnt that since then life has not been as easy as Mrs. Smith would have hoped. Her rich husband was extravagant and frittered away all his money before dying two years earlier and has left Mrs. Smith broke and on the fringe of society. Quote, she couldn't even afford herself the comfort of a servant, end quote. I mean, imagine the horror. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. What would you do? How would you get food? (laughs) Awful. Who's going to put on my sockies? Now we all have assistants. We all have the Google Chrome, you know, your yeah. Googles, your Alexas, your Siris. Your Jamsters. Your Jamsters. 
<laughs> really trying to get jam stuff. Yeah. <laughs> trying to bring it back. Did you invest in jam stuff? Oh God, I need money. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Anne went to visit her at once, Mrs. Smith. It was a little awkward at first, having not seen each other in twelve years, but they soon got along. Quote, 12 years had changed Anne from the blooming, silent, unformed girl of 15 to the elegant little woman of 7 and 20 with every beauty excepting bloom. <laughs> End quote. 7 and 20. <laughs> That's all the numbers in I here. I like that. 4 and 20 hours passed. <laughs> 4 and 20 pies. <laughs> yeah. Unformed. So when she was young, she was literally a, a blob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boneless blob on the floor. But that blob was blooming. She was yeah. like an Alex Mack blob. Yeah. <laughs> Just moved around. Formless. Sentient, but formless. <laughs> uh, the two got on very well, and Anne soon discovered that Mrs. Smith's poverty is even worse than she'd imagined, with her friend barely scraping by. So she promises to continue to visit. Which gets her into trouble with her father as she has to reject an invite to a family gathering because she has plans to visit Mrs. Smith. When Sir Walter finds out what part of town she is visiting... He gets very angry. Of course he does. You don't want to be seen in that part of town. That's where all the povos live. <laughs> His words. Yeah. I'm just quoting Austin. <laughs> povos. <laughs> well, then gone at the family dinner, Mr. Elliot gets to talk privately with Lady Russell. This is the cousin that's going to inherit everything. Mm. Lady Russell is snooping to try and find his intentions, which daughter he's gunning for. She discovers that Mr. Elliot is very attracted to Anne and realises that it's Anne he's into and not Elizabeth, something that no one can believe. Yeah. So Lady Russell comes back to Anne and says, hey, that Mr. Elliot's really into you. Anne is happy to hear it and realises if she marries him, when he inherits Kalinch, Anne would become the Lady Elliot of Kalinch Hall like her mother before her. Oh, that's Aww. nice. Yeah, that's lovely. But Anne, who's not used to being loved, is still suspicious of his motives. Sure. Yeah, she's been hurt. Yeah. She's got a guard up. She's been Anne. She's built a wall. He She's just Trump. needs. He just needs to. He's just to knock it down. Yeah, needs Mexico to pay for that. Yeah, wall to be taken down. Is that what? Is that political enough? Is that good? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And that won't age at all. <laughs> for people listening in a few years' time, <laughs> we found a relic from almost four hundred <laughs> years ago. A, a podcast. Oh. Yeah. They they don't bother reading Jane Austen. They just listen to this. <laughs> The people in the future are just as lazy as we are. <laughs> Anne receives a very interesting letter from her sister Mary. It seems that Louisa Musgrove, the girl with a head injury, has become engaged to Captain Benwick, the lonely oh. poet. Ah. Well, Sucked in, bro. Was she, she? So she's woken up, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a, I put a ring on her finger. Yes, I will marry you. <laughs> but that's good because I liked her. I like her playfulness. That's going to be good for a guy grieving the death of his fiance. That's right. So the two apparently fell in love while she was recovering and he was looking after her because she was staying Well, there. that's good. I'm happy. That's nice. Well, we don't need to read any further. Yeah, they found love. That's good. But that means he's she's going to end up with dickhead. Yeah. Well, Anne is a bit oh. surprised but also happy because Louisa seemed to be the one that was going to marry her old flame, Captain Wentworth. Ugh. So the plot thickens. Admiral Croft, the one renting Kalinch, comes to Bath and catches up with Anne and tells her that he was surprised that his brother-in-law, Captain Wentworth, didn't marry Louisa, and that he's even more surprised that he didn't seem to care that she's now engaged to one of his friends. So Wentworth doesn't care. Mm. The Admiral decides... Yeah, hot for the trot. <laughs> the trot is Anne. Yeah, yes, sorry, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> the Admiral decides that he'll invite Captain Wentworth to Bath as there are plenty of single women in this town. So now the plot thickens even more. It's a very thick plot. <laughs> like a gravy. Oh, 
like a really thick gravy. Mm. Thick like an untouched nut. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great analogy. <laughs> this nut represents me. Okay. All right. It's weird. Yeah. He's saying that out of the groove drain. Yeah. Like, my, some people say they have a spirit animal. Yeah. This is my spirit, my spirit nut. nut. I am a macadamia. <laughs> <laughs> About $12 a kilo. Yeah. There is a big one of me in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> so Captain Wentworth arrives in town and Anne rushes into, uh, r- runs into him down the street the next day. Down the street, down the milk bar. <laughs> He's <laughs> getting a magnum. She's getting milk. Getting a maxi bon. Getting a limp biscuit <laughs> yeah, album. Where's that code? Yeah. I want a chocolate flavoured starfish. <laughs> and a hot dog flavoured water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, she's with Mr Elliot, the one with a crush on her, and her sister and Mrs Clay. The way you said and then, I thought you were going to say Anne. So <laughs> no. be careful with your ands and your ands because yeah. Anne is the protagonist, I would say. Would you say protagonist? I would say protagonist. Yeah. This whole time I just keep thinking, anytime you say Anne and then Elizabeth, my mum's name's Anne Elizabeth and I just keep going like, this is my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been able to concentrate at all? Nah. I've said those names a lot. Yeah, I know, but it's my mum. <laughs> she married to a Wentworth by any chance? No. Does she like the show Wentworth? No. Well, then, mm. bugger. What are we yeah. doing? Is it Malcolm Turnbull involved? He was the member for Wentworth. Oh, no. no. <laughs> well, then so, that's just a tragedy. There's no connection. No. Anyway. So Anne's down the street. She runs into Wentworth. She's there with Mr. Elliot and a couple other people. It starts to rain and a relative's horse and carriage offers to take them home but can't fit them all in. Oh. Anne said it was okay and that her and Mr. Elliot will walk home More together. walking. <laughs> it's raining. That's hot. Yeah. Anne and Make the others. Make it out in the rain. Pneumonia's hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they all did die very young. <laughs> so he, she says, I'll just walk home with Mr. Elliot here. Anne and the others go into the shop. Mr. Wa- Elliot's like, I really wanted to get yeah, that carriage. I Don't do. throw me under the My bus. My hair looks terrible wet. Fine, yeah, I'll walk. Cool. <laughs> Anne and the others go into a shop to wait for the carriage out of the rain. Mr. Elliot goes off to get that carriage, and that's when Captain Wentworth walked in, hmm. who seems shocked to see Anne and instantly goes red. Ooh, he's got a rash. Yeah. <laughs> Anaphylaxis. <laughs> he nut. ate the nut. Yes. He ate that nut. Uh, they just have a bit of awkward small talk. Another side effect of the nut. When he realised there was no room in the carriage for her, Wentworth offers her his, uh, Anne his umbrella. Yep. Hot. But she declines, saying she's waiting for Mr. Elliot, who just at that moment walked into the shop. Captain Wentworth, a little embarrassed, immediately bid them adieu and could not get out of there fast enough. So he sees Anne with another man. I want to be the shopkeeper here and be like, anyone going to buy anything? Yeah. Or? Um, get the hell out. Just browsing, are we? <laughs> you are ruining my conversion. <laughs> 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 this leaves the ladies from Captain Wentworth's party alone in the shop to gossip about how there is definitely something going on between Anne and her cousin, Mr. Elliot. One of the ladies says it's unfashionable to say, but I think that Anne is even prettier than her sister Elizabeth. The other two agreed that they think that too. Is this her second bloom? Is this like a Nanny it's McPhee like a, thing? Where it's she's like her just, ninth bloom. She's, <laughs> she was a bit of an uggo and now she's getting hotter. Yeah, she's like just pulled her hair out, taking the glasses yeah, off, and that librarian like, head shake. Yeah. Oh, shit, Anne's a babe. Mm. She's all that. Mm. Is that the movie? Yes. The Elliot family, including Anne, attend a concert organised by a family friend, and Anne was especially hoping that Captain Wentworth would be there. Captain Wentworth is there. He arrives and immediately talks to Anne and compliments her about how she handled the injury that Louisa suffered at Lyme. He also mentions he's happy for Louisa's engagement to his friend, Captain Benwick, the poet, 
but isn't super confident in their marriage as he is an intellectual and Louisa is not. Dumb, dumb. It's a bit of a kick her while down. I mean, she went with another girl, guy. Let her, let her go. Not only was she simple beforehand, but then she suffered a major brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, she's not firing at we all have cylinders. nothing in common. <laughs> uh, more family and friends arrive and the two are split up, but Anne is very happy with how that conversation with Captain Wentworth went. She is disappointed. <laughs> it was worth a lot. <laughs> She's disappointed that she can't sit next to Wentworth during the actual program of the, the performance, but instead sits next to her other suitor, Mr. Elliot. Ugh. He arranged to have a seat next to her and asks her to translate the Italian part of the opera that they're watching. He's a bit needy. He, reads, he goes, what? So what does this bit mean here? Just trying to get a little bit of bit closer to her. Yeah. Sorry, can I ruin this for both of us? Mr. Mr. Elliot flattered her with compliment after compliment. She's like, shh, the, I mean, the clarinet solo, please, please. <laughs> but Anne says uh, it was too much flattery for someone who doesn't know her that well, to which Elliot rebutted that he had known her character for longer than she knows and that lots of people have told him about her. Who? A little bit creepy. Yeah. He's this a all, stalker. This all builds to a climax of him saying that he likes her name and hopes that it never changes. They share the last name, so he's implying that they should marry. Ew. Picking up what he's putting down there? Yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> laying it on pretty thick there with the old Vegemite. Uh, this kind of freaks out Anne a bit as she is more interested in getting close to Captain Wentworth, who is on the other side of the room, and she finds herself no longer wanting to be close to Mr. Elliot. She cannot get away quick enough uh, after that comment. Too thick. Too thick, too thick. Too much. I reckon we should keep this in the family. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I reckon I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> Did you know I'm a pervert? <laughs> <laughs> you like perverts, right? Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain what was happening in that opera? <laughs> Is that how you talk around your house? Bro? Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yes. <laughs> After the interval, Mr. Elliot was asked to sit with someone else. So Anne was free to sit. <laughs> so can you keep your hands to yourself? No, someone else says, hey, can you come sit, come sit with me and uh, my mum? And he's like, all right. You've been asked to move. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah, can you please <laughs> leave? Really low self-esteem. So I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go in. I'll practice this. He'd wear a fedora, this guy. Yes. He's a fedora wearer. He just takes it off, milady. Posts on Reddit after this. I don't get chicks. <laughs> I said I wanted to keep her name the same. I don't think she got it. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Girls never go for nice yeah. guys. I'm a gentleman. I like whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and she can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Well... Uh, so he's gone. So Anne is free to sit in a different spot. Hmm. She decides to sit on the edge of a row to make it easier to talk to Captain Wentworth. She's becoming predictable, Anne. Yeah. Talk- Wentworth, Wentworth, Wentworth. Well, Wentworth comes over and talk they did, and it all seemed to be going well when she felt a tap on her shoulder. Uh-oh. It a ghost. was. A ghost. <laughs> a ghost. Is it a ghost? Of Christmas past. Ooh. <gasps> Twins. <laughs> We... It's a crossover yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> Extended universe. <laughs> Dickens. Jane Austen crossover. Together at last. Yeah. Huge. Here we have a old man Pickwick. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you and Nicholas Nickleby, not yeah, Pickwick yeah. Papers. So who's tapping her? 
It was Mr. Elliot. Oh, Mr. Elliot, read a, read Ask, a room. Asking if she'd translate some more Italian for him. Honestly, <laughs> you nah, perv. He's Go seen away. her talking to another man and gone, I've got to break this up. Tap, tap, tap. She Perverto. Has, she's got to be polite. And by the time she gets back around to Wentworth, he's leaving. No. She asks him if the song was worth staying for, the next song, and his reply is, no, there is nothing worth my staying for. And he leaves. Oh, he's such a dick. And couldn't believe it. It was obvious that he was jealous of Mr. Elliot, something that a week ago would have seemed impossible to her. She wondered how such jealousy should be quieted. How could she tell him her true feelings about him? Yeah, how could you tell him your true feelings? How on earth (laughs) could I possibly tell him my feelings? In what capacity could I communicate this to him? She needs to move to London and get laid. <laughs> IMO. <laughs> That's just me. Hey. IMO. Cards on the table. Yeah. Do you reckon she just needs to move to London? <laughs> yeah. And get laid? That's IMO. IMHO. <laughs> honest opinion. Keep it honest. Yeah. The following day, Anne went to visit her friend Mrs. Smith again, the old school chum, to give her the gossip on the night before. Mrs. Smith seems convinced, like everyone else, that Anne is in love with Mr. Elliot, her cousin. It takes a while, but Anne convinces Mrs. Smith that that is certainly not the case. Um, I don't even like him. Uh, yuck. Yeah. She is relieved to hear this. This is when Mrs. Smith spills the beans on what she knows about Mr. Elliot. Ooh. She describes Mr. Elliot as, quote, a man without conscience, a cold-blooded being who only thinks for himself. Oh, he is black at heart. End quote. So pretty... Ambivalent. Yeah. She leaves So <laughs> leaves a little in the tank. Was she trying to convince her to be with him and now she's like, oh, good, because he's a dumb. No, no, she was saying like, yeah. she's like, Have, has he ever mentioned me or yeah. no? Okay. Anne's very startled to hear this but also intrigued to hear more. What It turns out that Mr. Elliot had been a close friend of Mrs. Smith's late husband and, mm. had assist, and they'd assisted him whenever he needed financial help. Before he married Rich... Mr. Elliot was quite poor and that helped him out, Mm -hmm. this couple. Then he got his own money by marrying only for money, not for love at all, and that's when he shunned Anne's sister Elizabeth. Mrs. Smith goes on to say that he said that he doesn't care about his baronetcy at all. If he could, he would sell uh, his title and his rights to the claim for £50. He doesn't even care about it. Oh, yeah. Only £50. Mm. If you're going to sell it. Come on, mate. You know? Mm. Anne you know, doesn't get what you can. Anne yeah. believes it. She doesn't doubt Mrs. Smith, but for proof, she produces a letter written from Mr. Elliot to her late husband, where he bags out the entire Elliot family oh. and says he will sell Kalinch as soon as possible when he inherits it. Don't put that in writing. Yeah, no. Why'd you write that down? Yeah, insult people to their face. That's what I learnt from uh Gina Linetti on Brooklyn Nine Nine. She says, This is why I never insult people. <laughs> In writing, they do it to their face so there's no paper trail. And I think we could all learn from that. That show really teaches you a yeah. lot. Yeah, I've learned a lot about very comedy. very silly in that show. Terry's so what? silly. What do you mean? Ter- isn't it, it, it's, I thought it was a comedy. It's a documentary. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a, it's a documentary about some detectives. Really? Okay. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's lighthearted moments, yes, but it's... So it's just S for you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't know that. Right. That's the noise your uncle makes when you tell right. him anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> How's comedy going? Good? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
sorry. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> no, as if Mr. Elliot's transformation into supervillain isn't already complete for yeah. us. The he's reason- Thanos. Yeah, he's yeah. Thanos. Infinity stuff. And he's got he's got four out of five stones. <laughs> uh oh. He's coming for the fifth. The fifth one is Anne. Oh no! Get out of there, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that Mrs. Smith is so poor now is also Mr. Elliot's fault. When her husband died, he was the ex- executor of the will and refused to help her, leaving all the debts solely on Mrs. Smith. Oh. Even though they'd helped him out all those years earlier. Dog. Dog. Mrs. Smith has heard that Mr. Elliot's plans are to become the Baron, which he is guaranteed unless Sir Walter remarried and had a male heir. Then Mr. Elliot would get nothing. On hearing that there was a younger woman, Mrs. Croft sniffing around, he leapt into action and appeared on their door in Bath to try and stop this marriage at all costs. So he's worried that Sir Walter will remarry, have another child, and that that child will usurp him yeah. as the, you know, the rightful heir. Mm. Then, upon meeting Anne, Mr. Elliot decided he would he could also marry her to firm his grip on Kalinch and in the wedding contract write in a clause that prevented Sir Walter from ever remarrying and therefore having any legitimate heirs. Mm. Cut in your like wedding your prenup. You can't then say somebody else <laughs> oh, no. separate oh, from this. I will marriage. only marry you if your dad says he won't marry anyone else. That's so strange. <laughs> And I think that would probably set off some alarm bells. Also, I want your dad to lose 15 kilos. Yeah. It's only an NBA trade. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Yeah. Brilliant. So there's an open, there's a clause there that will allow you yeah. the $15 million extra <laughs> incentivized. Uh... But you have to spend this night in a haunted house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. But then you'll be our starting centre. Yeah, you'll get a yeah. all-star lineup. Yeah. Anne is extremely shocked but grateful that she now sees Mr. Elliot for who he really is. A bad, bad, bad man. Three beds. Wow. Mm. Oh, sorry, that was that was me. <laughs> that wasn't Austin. I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah, really she edit- would never. Editorialising her, her work there. That how, night. How good, sorry. How good would that be? Her sixth book, her last book, <laughs> last chapter. He is a very bad, bad, bad man. <laughs> The end. <laughs> just, just loses all. She just trails off a bit. Yeah. He bad. He no good. He real bad. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, that night, Mr. Elliot tries again to crack onto Anne, but this time she's given him nothing. Yes. He tells her he's going away for a few days. She's like, I don't care. Her sister Mary and her husband have also come to town to buy wedding clothes because more big news, the other sister... The one without a hen- head injury, Henrietta, is to be married to Charles Hayter. Oh. The next door neighbour and cousin who initially Yay. shunned her when Captain Wentworth rocked up, but she's come back to her senses and they're, now they're back together. Nobody wants Wentworth. Everybody wants Hayter. Yeah. There's a huge audience for that TV series. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> okay, this is where it all goes down. The following day, <laughs> Anne went over to Musgrove's place. And Captain Harville and Captain Wentworth were there too. Captain Wentworth was busy writing a letter in the corner and not far from him, Anne and Captain Harville, who's going to marry Henrietta, got into a bit of a heated discussion about love and whether it's men or women who are more faithful to the concept of love. Anne argues that it is women who love longer and Harville argues that it is men. They just can't agree. (laughs) Captain Wentworth, busy writing, suddenly drops his pen. It was just loud enough to gain the attention of Anne, who suddenly realises that they're much closer to her crush, Captain Wentworth, than she thought, and he must have been hearing this whole conversation. How he... big's the pen? 
imagine, imagine being a fountain pen. Bang! <laughs> oh, oh. dropped my pen. <laughs> and a telephone book. <laughs> she was eight k's away. <laughs> she could sense it. A Is pen. that a pen? <laughs> Someone has dropped a pen. <laughs> Maybe he could hear me this whole time. She's an X-Men. <laughs> That's her power. Yeah. He claims he needs five more minutes to finish this letter. Anne and Harville agree to disagree about eight times. <laughs> and Harville said good morning and left. Meanwhile, loverboy Captain Wentworth left the room without saying a word or even looking at Anne. That is, until seconds later he came back in, claiming to have forgotten his gloves. But really, whilst pretending to grab his gloves, he discreetly slips a letter to Anne, makes brief eye contact with her, and then leaves. Oh, <laughs> sexy. Anne, now alone... Opens the letter addressed to her. Oh, my God. It's just he's drawn a picture of his dick. <laughs> yeah, it's a dick pic. <laughs> That's how they did him back then. <laughs> but he traced it, so it's, like, it's accurate. <laughs> he's not bragging. What There's... do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> tick, yes. Please reply. <laughs> Will you be my GF? Yeah. Yes, Says no, you've seen maybe. This. <laughs> <laughs> Please turn over. Yeah. This is another picture of his dick. This was my first draft. <laughs> This is what the letter says, quote, I can no longer listen in silence. I must speak to you by such means as within my reach. I am half agony, half hope. Tell me that I'm not too late, that such precious feelings are gone forever. I offer myself to you again with a heart even more your own than when you almost broke it eight and a half years ago. Dare not say that a man forgets sooner than woman. Woman. Than woman. <laughs> that his love has an earlier death. I have loved none but you. Unjust I may have been. Weak and resentful I have been, but never inconstant, end quote. It goes on and on, and needless to say, Anne is bloody shocked. She needs a bit of time to take it all in, but she's not given her time as Charles, Mary and Henrietta all come in ten minutes later and like, let's go for another walk. Really? Unbelievable. Walkie, walkie. Anne is so shocked she looks ill. She's gone white, so they say, you should go home. By a walk. Charles insists on walking her home, but in the street they run into Captain Wentworth and they ask, Hey, which way are you going? <laughs> and can you can you walk Anne home? And of course Wentworth's like, sure. Now the two lovebirds are finally alone to talk. They're gonna make out in the bushes. Anne basically <laughs> Everyone's just yelling, kiss, kiss, kiss. Anne basically replies to his letter in person and admits Yeah, like a an adult talking about their feelings. She admits that she's loved him this whole time. The captain claims that he too has never truly loved another and that his flirting with Louisa earlier in the year meant nothing and that he felt like he dodged a bullet when she became engaged to Captain Benwick. They are both suddenly so, so happy. That night they again speak. They, they again they again speak. They again speak alone. Well, she does apparently speak Italian. They again speak alone, and Anne tells him that it was Lady Russell who steered her away from him all those years earlier. And even though she believes that the lady was wrong, that she that Anne did the right thing in listening to her wise family friend. The captain blames himself for being too proud and escaping to the seven seas for years, and that he should have tried again if he truly loved her. Yep. And that now that they will marry and will be happier than he ever thought he deserved to be. Woo! So the final chapter sums everything up for us. Anne and, Cap- and the captain go public with their engagement, and this time neither Lady Russell or her father Sir Walter stand in their way. What? He's now a rich man, and they aren't going too well financially themselves, so they can hardly say no. <laughs> Whoa. It says, Sir Walter agreed indeed, though he had no affection for Anne, end quote. Yeah, he doesn't care what <laughs> happens to Anne. Still his daughter. 
Lady Russell and Captain Wentworth eventually became friends despite the fact that she stood in their way of happiness for many, many years. Mr. Elliot, our conniving villain of the piece, leaves <laughs> Bath and ends up shacking up with Mrs. Clay. It turns out that to stop her from marrying his uncle, Sir Walter, Mr. Elliot was hitting on her and now they are together. Cool. Mm. That's a good way to start. So he ended up with the one that no one really wanted. Why does everyone have to get together? I know. They do. Captain. That's the point of of life. life. (laughs) If you're not getting together. Clearly you haven't watched Daniel Sloss's special jigsaw. That's all I'll say. I haven't because I... I heard that so many people tweeted that they'd broken up and I was like, I'm kind of happy. I'm not going (laughs) to risk it. (laughs) Am I not happy? (laughs) Do I just think I'm happy? I'm not strong enough in my self-belief to watch this special. Yes. (laughs) Uh, To finally sum it up, Captain Wentworth also helped Anne's friend Mrs. Smith regain some of her husband's land and she became more financially independent. Oh, yay, Mrs. Smith. Her and Anne stayed friends. Anne was truly happy, but having married a Navy man, the dread of future war was all that could dim her sunshine. The end. Sorry. (laughs) How much of that last bit was you and how much of that was the book? That is one of the quotes. The dread of future war was all that could dim. So it ends on... Everything's good Everything's except good obviously except if that. my husband is murdered. Well, that's the second last line and then there's another bit about the Navy and then it's just the end. That's weird. That's so weird. I'm sick of the Jane Austen books where grumpy men get the girl. Oh, so shitty at that. It's so gross. So well, you're annoyed at, you're annoyed that he so you wanted obviously the poet. I wanted I would have liked to have seen the poet, uh grieving poet, uh end up with yeah. uh, with Anne. What I do like, though, is that in these ones, um, relationships are complicated. Yeah, I do like that. That's it, true. In a lot of modern things, he would have the nice guy comes in and ends up being the husband. You know what I mean? Sure. It's and there's always the jerk, and she doesn't end up with the jerk. But that's yeah. probably a, re- a reaction to Jane Austen and probably, Bronte yeah. novels and. Because it's all like, oh, this man's always quite aloof and rude to me. Mm, I love him. It's like, why? He yeah. sucks. Get was, someone who's fun. Bridget Jones, which is, you know, isn't that a, it's a contemplation yeah. on these books. Yeah. And she ends up with the nice boy as opposed to Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Which So obviously that was the response to these books is that everyone got mad that they ended up with the Wentworths and the Heathcliffs. And the, was hmm. Heathcliff a bad guy? I don't know. Dave? Open to interpretation. Oh, gotcha. he doesn't know. I just looked it up. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I haven't, in, I haven't done it yet. It's a future one. In the most recent um, adaptation of, the, of, of this book, uh, Sally Hawkins plays Anne Elizabeth. Anne? Anne. What did I say? Anne Elliot. Anne mm. Elliot. Sally Hawkins. Who is the, the lady from Shape of Water. And she's oh, yes. The mum in Paddington. In Paddington 1 and 2. Yep. I love her. Yeah, she's great. We should check it out. I want to watch it now. And I want to. when I say that, I mean I want to watch 10 minutes of it. Yeah, no, that's all you need. Highlight on YouTube. Yeah. Well, now you know how it ends. Yeah. The end. Though, Jess, you knew how it ended all along. You predicted it. I, I watch a lot of yeah. rom-coms. Yeah. They're very predictable. And these are the original rom-coms. Yeah. Mm. And you know she's going to end up with the- So you yeah. say very predictable, but Jane Austen started this. Okay, but I predicted it. Shakespeare as well was a rom-com boy, Much Ado About Nothing. Mm. It's a great line in that. He goes, hush, I'll seal your mouth with a kiss. Ooh, oh. sexy. Mm. And also a bit, you know, shut up. 
Yeah, shut up, you bish. Yeah, yeah. And then he puts his whole mouth yeah, around hers. Up. Like like a snake. Uh, yeah. I, I, the production I saw, he didn't do that. Oh, well, they weren't true to the, yeah. <laughs> to the original. To the pentamus. Uh, I hate these, uh, these modern adaptations. Uh, well, they don't just pash. Uh, and they all wear suits for some reason. Yeah, yeah always suits. And- oh, it's Macbeth, no. but you're oh, gangsters. Yeah. I get oh, it. Oh, I get it. It's Macbeth, but you're all wearing military tunics. I've mm. seen like three adaptations of Macbeth, and they're all wearing military outfits. Yeah. yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Wear a scuba outfit. Yes. Underwater Under the sea. I, I actually quite like that. I, well, I always get people the guests to rate it out of five based on the on the telling there. Okay. Well, you did an incredible job. Yeah, five Appreciate for you. That. Five for you. No, well, it's not for me. It's for the for no, the, Dave, for... take our five. Yeah, and ten if for I, you. If I was to review this podcast, I'd give it a five. That'd be great on iTunes. Love that. Thanks. Uh, I don't use iTunes anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, you could reactivate. Spotify's the best platform. Be Spotify's the best platform for all podcasts. Uh, I as a I, as a I enjoyed it. I give it a. Can I go half? Can I go half? Yeah, yeah, you can go half. I'll give it a three and a half. Three and a half from Broden. Fantastic. Out of five. That's good. Jesse P. Perko. Oh, yeah, Jesse P. That takes me back. I'm going to say a three. I'd probably give it a three and a half as well, but I just want to be different to Broden. Okay, great. Well, I'll round it up to an exact three and a half there with a, a four. Okay, that doesn't work out mathematically, but yeah, it'll be I too can't. hard. It'll be oh. too hard. Did, did you go to acting school? <laughs> yeah, I got in the so. maths. Yeah. <laughs> Four out of five. That's their loss, Monash. Yeah, I, Idiots. It's so it's amazing. Yeah. A few drama oh, teachers. Actually, have. sorry, I, I sold myself short there. My maths was correct. What? It is an average of three and a half now. Three and a half and a three makes. Uh, and I gave it a four, so it's an average of three oh, okay. overall. Yeah, I just yeah, panicked yeah. and thought, I don't want to sound dumb, so I'll just say I'm wrong. But I knew I was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, you always know Thank that you you're right. Up there for thinking, down yeah. there for dancing. <laughs> uh, people always want me to talk about the themes a little bit, so I just thought I'd talk about, uh, obviously, uh, class and society. Mm-hmm. Big theme. Yep, yep. Love, big theme, obviously. Mm, I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, walking. Yeah, yeah a lot of, wa- of lot of walking. Put that in your essay if you're listening. Light cardio exercise. <laughs> if I was doing a year 12 English assignment on this, the three paragraphs would be, it would be class. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about our persuasion itself? Because yeah, at the end, yeah. Anne says it was right for her to allow herself to be persuaded by Lady Russell. Who was persuaded? But do you think that was right? Because I've, I think about this. If they'd been together... He probably wouldn't have gone out back to war and made that fortune for himself. And now they're back together in a, in a better financial state because they had that well, time apart. And that's all that matters. Yeah, well, that's the question, though. They both uh, benefited. Can they be happier yeah. now that he has this class and wealth? Or does that stuff not matter? I don't, huh? I, Put that in the essay. I don't think it matters, but I think they weren't ready eight years ago, you know? It wasn't it- the right timing for them. I think relationships and love in itself is is a lot of it is self persuasion and convincing oneself that that is the person for me. Mm. Write it down, people. Write that down. Or that you're worthy of that person. Yeah, it's all in, and and it's a lot of this seems to be went worth grappling with. Is this my person or is it not? Mm. Um, and Anne's having all these people also pushed in her face. Suddenly, there's three guys that she could probably go with, and she needs to persuade herself that she has self worth. Mm. She's someone who deserves someone else, which is everyone deserves someone, <laughs> mm-hmm. even you, listener. 
To quote Even the Blues you. Brothers, everybody <laughs> needs somebody to love. Oh, thank you. Someone to love. Someone to love. Someone to miss. Someone to kiss. I need you. <laughs> you. 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 I need you. 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 Here's a story about <laughs> Minnie the Moocher. <laughs> Great soundtrack. Good fun. <laughs> Just fun. <laughs> it's good fun. That Only good topped fun. by the sequel. Yeah. Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is that is good fun. But that does bring us uh, towards the end of the show. I just have one final thing, and that is uh, people support the show through Patreon. They go to what pa- is that? Patreon.com slash do go on pod, which is because this is this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network, but also part of the Do Go On Media Network. Yeah. A podcast network within a network. Because this is a spin-off of Do Go On, and to make it very, very easy for people, if you want to support this show, Do Go On and Matt Stewart's fantastic podcast Primates all at the same time. We set up a Patreon, we can donate a wow. bit of cash. And in exchange, you get rewards, like uh, two bonus episodes of uh, my podcast I do with Jess and Matt. Mm-hmm. Do go on every single month. Shout-outs and stuff. And I've decided to start doing shout-outs on this show. I've asked people what their favourite book is. Oh, great. Just to spread it out there. So I'm going to, uh, if you don't mind, no. read out a couple of people's favourite books here. Please. Uh, Kayla MH, is her name on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support, Kayla. Said her favourite book is Jane Eyre, Charlotte Bronte. We've been talking a lot about the Bronte sisters. Mm. She says, as a teenager, I really connected with a passionate, intelligent girl who also felt socially and emotionally repressed. Mm. That is deep. Sim- yeah, it's a recurring theme. Yeah, I think yeah. That maybe you would uh, also like to read Persuasion as well. Uh, Sari John Jones' favourite book is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Not Be- heard of that. <laughs> he says, because of Dobby, which is controversial because I've – Stated on our podcast before that I think Dobby is the Jar Jar Binks. Of <laughs> You're an idiot. I hate him. He You're is, an absolute moron. He is absolutely terrible. How dare you? I think it's just because you see too much of yourself in Dobby. That you that now you're like rejecting him. But really, Dave, you just need to see that you are Dobby. No. You are a house No. Elf. Hand me that sock, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Goblet of Fire, that's number four. That's a good one. Oh, you enjoyed that one? Yes. Oh, that Is that the really thick one? Yeah, it's a big It's a big boy. I remember that coming out and everyone reading that book. Do you? Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember that. I was a lad. You were a lad. Well, speaking of lads, our final one person I'd like to thank is London Lad, their oh, name on there you go. Patreon. His favourite book is Eating People is Wrong. I've never read it, but man, what a title. That's a good title. <laughs> Thank you, London Lab. He should hear of Andy Griffith's The Day My Bum Went Psycho. It's a great name for a book. Great name for a book. And the cover, very confronting. It's a bunch of bums. Oh, wow. Too many bums. Too many. So many bums. Uh, well, thanks, everyone, that supports the show at Patreon. Yeah, you can do that. And um, probably some more rewards coming out through BookTreat. Maybe you can suggest a couple of new book-based things. But uh, that brings us to the end of the show. And, of course, both of you host some fantastic podcasts and do some fantastic work online and in the comedy sphere, mm. if I can say. Broden, your podcast is also on the Planet Broadcasting Network, the Auntie Donna podcast. True. That's true. Which is a lot of fun. If Yeah, buy in. Have a listen. 
it's out there. We put in much less effort than all the wonderful do go on uh, uh, or do go on related podcasts. But it's true. good fun, very true. Yeah, but yours is way more fun. Really fun. We yeah. just screw around. A lot but, of uh, stuff. Yeah. And also some great Auntie Donna sketches all over YouTube and the internet. When is this going out? We've got a big web series coming out mid-February. And if you... Uh, well, uh, this is going to be coming out this Tuesday. Yeah, great. So, but so the week after this... It'll be out. Sometime. It'll be out mid... Well, it's almost mid-Feb. That's scary, isn't it? Mm. It's crazy. Uh, Glenridge Secondary College, it was the first release of our web series. It's going to come out over about three or four months. Um, enjoy. How exciting. Yeah, it should be good. And a whole range of great guests also appearing in that. So many. None. Neither of you. Matt's in it. <laughs> yeah, Matt's in the show. That's interesting. I'll give you a little... There's I'm a, available. Like, I'm free... Yeah, yeah, no. Through uh, the so, week. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm free anytime. Yeah, yeah, Tommy. I've got a I, um, car. I can be anywhere you need me to be. Got it. So oh. uh, <laughs> we just we just got onto a thing about how it would be funny to make Matt be in it. And it's, it's the, the run of – it's a roll call sketch and it goes um, – we go Matt and he's like, yeah. And then it cut back, I go, Matt with a hat and he's got a sombrero <laughs> on. He's like, yeah. And then I go – Matt without a hat but a cat, and there's a stuffed cat. He's like, yeah. And then it's just Matt's cat with the hat. He's like, meow. I'm like, oh, very good then. And that's the joke. And I just got stuck on having a Matt do that. Well, yeah. Matt Stewart. He's the right Matt. That and is- he's so neutral. He's so uh, emotionless. <laughs> and, uh, I bet he nailed the line. He did a really good job, actually. He gave six different performances on a year. Love that. I was like, Matt, that's a well done. What a range. Yeah, he really yeah, gave wow. range. I don't think I could do that. No, I know you couldn't. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm just acting out because I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you on. No, next it's time, fine. Perka. I don't want your pity casting. <laughs> I want to be perfect for the role. <laughs> and Jess, you also do another podcast, Do Go On, which I have alluded to there. But what, 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 what can people expect from that other show from us? What they can expect is you and I. Being best friends. Great. Matt Stewart's there too. He's <laughs> he's there. He's, he's always, all right. He's always saying here. And we do reports on different topics and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we're doing some I, did, I did one once. You did do yes, one. Yes, Broden did a report. That was, that was very you fun. In, you were in. No, I was away at yeah, the time. Yeah, I was the Dave. You were the Dave. That was the one I've missed. The one. Actually, no, I've missed another one too. Nick Mason had filled in for me another time as well. Mm. But there, great fun. Uh, both those podcasts, Auntie Donna and Do Go On. And if you want to get in contact at any time, you can email me anytime at uh, bookcheatpod at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, at bookcheatpod on all the social medias. And there's a link in our Twitter bio. If you want to suggest a book, it takes you to a takes you to a little page and you tell me a cool book and why I should do it. If you've got an assignment coming up, I'll do it. Is there such a thing as a cool book? Well, I mean, <laughs> Persuasion. <Roasted>. Persuasion. <laughs> I, I know I'm persuaded. I'm going to go home and read a book. <laughs> what are you going to read? Um, spot. My, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not again. <laughs> See, spot, run. But thank you so much for joining me, Broden and Jess. Uh, thank you for having me, Dave, and great to spend time with you guys. I love you both. Thank you. Should we leave on that positive note, or Jess, can you add anything to that? Just a bit clingy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> thank you and goodbye. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 